Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Stop doing those diet or workout fads to lose weight. Use the tried and true approach from Rock and That Idea Life that helps you find balance while enjoying food in moderation and nourishing your body. Try the Lean 30 program at rockandthatidealife.com and let today be your last first day of your weight loss journey. When buying or selling your home, you need to feel protected. Realtor Mike Burgoyne not only looks out for your interests, but as a St. Louis area police officer, will make sure you feel safe and well-informed with every decision. Email Mike at strikewithmike.com and start the process today. That's Mike at strikewithmike.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, somehow, someway, they are celebrating 13 years as the original and longest-running St. Louis Blues Podcast. Are you sure? Like, no one even thought they'd make 13 episodes. I mean, literally, all they talk about is drinking beer and and hockey. It's 13 seasons already? I guess somehow it works. Ladies and gentlemen, Ponder, Price, and Day. This is Let's Go Blues Radio, Season 13, and your show starts now. Welcome to episode 8 of season 13. This is episode number 436, all time of the often imitated, never duplicated. Yes, a few of us are sleeping with mothers. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Special thanks to our sponsors, Dustin from rockinthatidlife.com and realtor Mike Burgoyne, who you can email at mike at strikewithmike.com. For proudly sponsoring the show, please check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for some well-designed and fairly priced blues-themed t-shirts. It's Wednesday, November 29th, and we're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to interact with the show on social media. Our handle on all social channels is at LGB Radio. Just search for us and you'll find us. And if you haven't already done so, please like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, buy a t-shirt from our shop, kidnap people, and torture them by making us listen to our first-ever episodes or do whatever you can do to help us out. I'm your host, Jeff Ponder, and I'm joined by Kirk Price and Bill Day. Producer Austin is kidnapped and being forced to listen to our first ever episodes right now. <laughs> have you have you went back and listened to the first episode? I know you have. I know you oh, have. Oh, I know. I, I definitely yeah. have. It's kind of <laughs> it's I mean it's not good at in, all like how it is now. It's good it's good in one hand, and then it was the first one. It was pretty good for a first episode. But it's it's not very good. <laughs> no. Uh, considering the fact that uh, that was literally the first time you and I ever met in person mm-hmm. was uh, when we recorded our first show. So, yep. And look at us yep. now. We're best of friends. We do everything together. That's right. Hold hands. Skip through the That's right. Uh, prairie. I don't know. What do people do? What do friends do? I don't know. I don't have uh, real friends. Tulips. Tiptoe. Tulips. Tip-toe. Yeah. The there you go. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Listen to It's a Wonderful Life or watch It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, <laughs> you we listen do all that to, stuff together. <laughs> we, we just listen to movies to together. Yeah, we, <laughs> listen, we listen to all kinds of movies. We like to listen to Clerks. Yep. <laughs> uh, the agenda for tonight's show includes the Blues going 500 against Central Teams, Bally Sports being the asshats of the sports industry they are, the NHL implementing changes to the All-Star game, the Blackhawks refusing to stay out of the spotlight, all that and more on this powerfully dramatic episode 
of Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, gents, I was not here last week, so thank you for holding down the fort, as you guys are very capable of doing. And uh, just uh, wanted to say belatedly, happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you uh, you guys had a fun time at uh, Global Brew on Friday. It Well, you know, the company was great. The beer was great. The the game we watched was was not at all. No. No. Had one rogue Nashville Predators fan in the place, you know, given the when they score, just pissing me off. <laughs> yeah, that that whole game was like when we went down to Nashville and uh, yeah. did about that. What was it? Was it seven to three or was that eight to three as well? It was about was, the same. Maybe yeah, seven. Was, yeah. 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 So, you know, karmatically we had it coming, but I didn't give a shit because I was... Uh, Deep, deep in the throes of, uh, you know, 32 plus ounces of 15% alcohol by volume beer. So I was feeling and you, good. You, you took home. You took home a bottle. I, I did. Say, say he took home a waitress. <laughs> good for you, Bill. I, more than a couple. Yeah. Uh, oh, my. Don't tell Julie. I'll say I'm sure Julie was excited about that. <laughs> I brought you one too, honey. Get out. Get out of my but house. I, but, I'm, but I brought you one too. <laughs> um, yeah, my, I, I actually didn't. So my story with that game. Uh, so I actually, I was just telling. Uh, so actually, Austin was here very briefly as we were getting the show ready. Apparently, he's going to Dallas tonight. Uh, so he can go to the Cowboys game tomorrow night with his Cowboys friend, Cowboys fan friend. Um, he's, a, he's his friend's a cowboy. He's he his friend's a cowboy. <laughs> you know that cowboy that's outside the Texas State Fair? That's uh, that's Austin's friend. Is it the Cardinal um, Cowboy? Not the, the Card- Card- No one's friends with the Cardinal Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him. Uh, no. Well, he thinks everyone's his friend. Yeah. Um, Get up. Oh goodness! Please don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we. Uh, uh, so uh, my problem, some, a, a, and this is probably a man problem, is Ooh. I like I do not know, not like that. I do not know when it's time to throw out clothes. Like uh, literally, I'll wait, be like, I'll, stop. I'll go and yeah. stop. Throw out clothes. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Oh, God, you know what I'm talking about. You guys don't throw out clothes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So I I wear these like super awesome sweaters that I get from Old Navy. I just think yeah. they're cheap and they're beautiful looking. They're called they're called sass. They're called sass. Super that... awesome sweaters. Ah. Okay. There you go. You wear um, a lot of sass. You wear a lot of sass. I do. I do. Um. So I I wear these things. They're all different colors. They're 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 just they look really good on me. They bring up my eyes. They're great. So I love them. <laughs> And so I've been wearing these things forever. And every now and then I'll buy like <laughs> one, you know, to, to, to add to my repertoire. And, but the wife, I came up from a work meeting, pretty important work meeting a couple of days ago or about a, about two weeks ago. And she's like, why are you wearing that old ratty thing? And I'm like, that old ratty thing. What are you talking about? She's like, you've got stains from the, the, you know, the war, what's that called? The, when it's in the washing machine, you wash it too many times Ring around the collar. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And she's wow. like, you, you wore that you, into a work meeting? And you I'm know like, how you, re- you know how you get rid of that? Huh. Ancient Chinese secret, can't tell you. Oh, my God. You're already <laughs> driving me crazy this episode. <laughs> That's so, what happens when you order a red point. 
So this is this is my yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is what I this is what I do to Kurt typically. <laughs> yep. Interrupt so, stories. That's what I do. Yep. So no, I so uh long story short, too late. I um I, I decided, hey, Black Friday, they're having a half off everything in the store sale. I'm gonna go up and buy a bunch of clothes and replace all that shit so that doesn't happen again. So we went, we spent a ton of money. I got home. We were in line for a while. Get home, and I'm like, all right, we missed the first period of the Blues game. No big deal. Turn on the game. Right as I turn it on, Ryan O'Reilly, five-on-three goal. And I think that made it 5-1. And I was like, nope, we don't need to watch this game. And I just turned it off. Like, not putting up with that today. So I literally saw live 20 seconds of the game before I turned it off. Yeah, that was that was right about the time I was sitting down. Um, I, I was unable to extract myself from work uh, as early as I would hoped. Um, but yeah, I, I sat down right to to see uh, O'Reilly smiling and like, Jesus, this is ugly. So, oh smiley, we'll call oh him. smiley, oh smiley. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that game. I mean, you know, it's really hard to 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 properly analyze a game when you're at a bar drinking and the volume's down you can't even hear the, the damn game you know and so you're watching you look up and you, you i mean you look up oh this someone scored and you're trying to see a replay and you look up later oh someone scored again you're like god damn it every time you know you look up nashville is scoring a goal um whatever i i mean you, i don't know i that 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 was that was bad that was that was just a a, a bad showing although you know what you know you, you, uh, I, I looked at the um money pucks deserve to win o meter and for the for the nashville game the blues were favored and the 53 percent of the time out of wow. a thousand simulations they win this game based on advanced stats wow based on analytics they 53 they win this game that tells you there's some bad goaltending then right that's that's got to be what that means According to advanced stats, I mean, scoring chances were there. They had a lot of them, but they just, you know, I guess it depends how many times you run it. Cause I, I just ran it again and the blues were, were, uh, 50.4 this time. Anyway, anyway, it, it, it's toss up according to That's the deserved winometer, but the score, well, that just goes to show that, that just shows to go. Yeah. It just shows to go. Yeah. That, that is why you watch the games because advanced stats don't tell the whole story. Clearly. They never, they never, but, I, then, you, but then you had to watch that game. Yeah, right? right. And I feel better having not watched that game yeah. in its entirety. You're, I, I mean, it's always funny, you know, uh, ink on paper is never going to supersede anything that I see with my own eyes. I'm sorry. Yep. This is uh, well, anyway, how, how was the rest sorry. of your guys's Thanksgiving? Any, any family drama, anything you guys want to share uh, for the world to hear? <laughs> No family drama, I don't think, um, on our end. Just a good old Thanksgiving, and took home some leftovers, some turkey from my parents' house, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was good. Um, Have you thrown it out yet? No, I ate it within a, within like three days when they say. Okay. You know. So today's apparently I didn't know this. Apparently, the Wednesday after Thanksgiving is official. Throw out your leftovers day. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah I, I I think I probably had it in my fridge in the past longer than a week or longer than whatever it is, six days. But they say what, three days to be safe with the mm-hmm. Turkey. I'm like, yep. screw that three days. No, I, I mean, I've gone five, not. six, seven days before I'm like seven days. You smell it. If it smells fine, it's fine. I'm the same <laughs> it's way. like milk. It's like milk. 
You ever take like a gallon of milk and you say, oh man, this is two days past. There's like a there's like a third of a gallon left. You you, you take the cap off, you smell it, you pour it in a glass, take a little sip. Yeah. Tastes fine, smells fine, it's fine. Agree. Yeah. I'm the same way. I yeah. I feel like in and, and like so um we had pumpkin pie uh left pumpkin left pie. over. And I uh let's see, Tuesday. No, today's Wednesday, so that would have been Monday. It basically said it was supposed to be thrown out by Sunday. I checked it Monday. I smelled it. I looked it over. Looked fine. But then this morning, I was like, hmm, I wonder if I should throw this out. And I looked. And you could see a little piece of mold growing in one spot. Oh, and I was like, yeah. today is the day to throw it out. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah you, you, any, any, <laughs> the presence of mold is like the truth. Like, that should obviously be. Well, right. what's, your, what, what's, your, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side? Uh, mashed potatoes, <laughs> Bill. Um, uh, green bean casserole. Man, Ooh, that's, good. <laughs> that's a good okay. one. I, I'm a mashed potatoes guy too. Uh, mashed potatoes gravy, the just the right amount of salt and pepper. You know, you mm-hmm. get that some of that gravy and the potatoes mixed in with the turkey. Oh, so good. That's uh, so- my wife makes a mean uh um corn casserole. Yeah, okay. We, I had that for the first time this year with actual yeah, actual corn in it, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's it's uh, tasty. It's like Very. cornbread, but it's like made with with corn, right? And there's in, is, is it, there's, are there corn flakes a, in it too. Um, no. Yeah. Well, Ooh. the one that I have had corn flakes the on the one that my wife yeah. makes does. Yeah. Corn. I like the one with corn flakes. I've had that. Yeah, it's good. The good one. Stuff. So the corn flakes were on top. We didn't have uh, uh, where I was this year. We didn't have mashed potatoes, Ooh. which I yeah we had what we had <laughs> a. a yeah, we had au gratin potatoes covered okay. with cornflakes. Oh, okay. So we got my we got the cornflakes then too. Yeah, but yeah, no, our uh, our Thanksgiving plans changed dramatically, kind of last minute. Um, Julie's parents uh, had uh, not been feeling great, and so you know that's where we always go. And so we're talking to him on on Wednesday, and Julie says, uh, "Hey, do you guys mind taking a COVID test?" And lo and behold, there's COVID running rampant in that household. So yeah, uh, oh. we, uh, we wound up uh, just went uh, went over to my sister's. Um, I was I was heading there anyway to to take my dad, so we were able to crash there and uh, nice. had a great time. So, awesome! Well, I'm glad uh, it worked out. More of that girl, yeah. Amy says uh, that I worked really hard on the rolls I brought to my family dinner. I did, um, and you know, I was asked. I was asked. To, I didn't ask what I should bring. I was told to bring rolls. I'm not sure if that says something about me. <laughs> or what? Because I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I like to cook. I can cook. I, uh, uh, I'm not a bad cook, but uh, you know, I'm happy to get rolls and bring rolls. So I went. I didn't just buy the old brown and serve rolls, which are fine, you know. But I, I went and got artisan rolls. You know, they were they were okay. very 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 good. So uh, yeah, I, uh, I I spend a few extra bucks on rolls for the fam this year since nice. since I guess my part was not a lot, you know, labor intensive as far as the dish we, I brought. We always do the Hawaiian rolls, which I. Those I are good. those all day. Those are good. Those oh, are yeah. The, the Hawaiian sweet rolls. I did. I did go to my, my parents. I did make the mashed potatoes. I did. I, they, I helped out. I got there early. So 10 pounds of mashed potatoes. I had to mash. Ooh, yeah, we, we my mom makes about the same because I love having the leftovers afterward, too. 10 pounds of mashed potatoes, four pounds of butter. Oof, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, so Ken Morris in the chat here says, is Mr. Ponder really wearing an abs jersey? I am not, sir. What I am wearing is 
The waves. The Maui you know what that's waves. from, right? Is that that's one of around. is that the team that Gordon Bombay played for? Yeah. Mm. In, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah. In in Mighty Ducks two, right? That was yeah, the Mighty team Ducks that two. Was, that is the is it the minor league team for. for the North Stars. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I am not. I would never be caught in an Avs jersey. Please. You know what the Avs should do? Their next uh, outdoor game. You know how they, they, they this, this they so <laughs> this is a stretch. So their normal jersey would be an Avs jersey. So they could do an Avs not jersey, like a the Avs oh, and the Avs knots. Oh, <laughs> oh, that that's that's the bar for the show, huh? Um, just, yeah, yeah. Come in above that, and you'll be doing okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, first story we'll get to. Uh, guys, it's not a good one, and it's one that, um, I don't wait, know, kind of breaking wait, news. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, you doing beers? Oh, what am I doing? What am wait, I doing? This is we, why I don't run points. We got, we got talking hockey way too early in this. Yeah, we did. It, it blew my mind. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, I got beers, a good one, too. Beers of the episode, guys. Uh, my bad. Episode number 439. Uh, we are, you can follow us on the untapped app, uh, Kurt's at seat price 12 bills, Billy blue note 33. And you can follow me, Jeff at J ponder 94. I believe we've been leading off with bill. Yeah, we have. And we shall again. Um, I have the bourbon counties. Um, I, I decided that I need to go through, um, and thin out the herd and realized I actually have uh, some with 2018 labels on them. So we are at wow. the five-year mark. Yeah, it's time to drink these up before they're too terrible. I have um, one with I have one 2018 as well, and I was I brought it to Thanksgiving to to drink, but nobody wanted any, so I didn't open it. Mm, I didn't want to drink have, it myself. Yeah, so I have um, I actually have 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, and I will not. 14. I will not wow. open those at this point. They were, I was, just keep they, them forever now. Yeah, I am. I am. They they were in a box that pass those on to your grandkids when we moved. So <laughs> I was newly married in 2014. Man, that's, that's crazy. I have beers older than you. <laughs> beers older. You than have married. beers older than my love for my wife. Because yes. <laughs> you only started loving her on the wedding day, right? right. Yes, right. That's, yes. That's, 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 that's how true. that's how marriage works. That's how I'm marriage sure. works. Exactly. I've, you get it. I've, I've never gotten. It. I, I haven't done that yet. So, yeah, you're <laughs> common law married at this point, right? I'm sure we are. I think you are. <laughs> Twenty tw- coming up on 24 years. I'd say yes. Whew, yeah, that is a long time. Um, all right, mine. Uh, I'll, I'll do. I'll go next. Uh, so, yep. I've got the peanut butter chocolate milk stout. Uh, one of my favorites. A staple. And creations. Yeah, the absence of light. Uh, just unbelievable, rich, good stuff. All three hosts on this show recommend it. If you haven't had it, uh, you can find it in pretty much any grocery store now. This is the season for it. So, uh, just if you like dark beer at all. And you like peanut butter and chocolate? This is the beer for you. It's fucking phenomenal. Uh, I have. Where's the camera? There it is. Let's pull it up there. Whoop. I got Ooh. one of the candy bar stouts from uh, Four Hands, which is this one is the, uh, the Snickers based on the Snickers bar, but it is uh, very similar, well, a little bit to the uh, Absence of Light. It is the uh, peanut and caramel chocolate milk stout, and if you like 
uh, peanut butter stouts, uh, you will like this. It is it, you can taste the peanut, the peanut butter in it, uh, quite good. And the caramel, a little gives a little bit of something there. It is quite good. Uh, I went went by four hands to pick this up, and I got a sample of the. I got the the variety pack, so I have all three uh, varieties here. The uh, one based on the Charleston Chew, and the other one based on Almond Joy. So uh, the Charleston Chew is like a marshmallow and chocolate uh, milk stout, and the Almond Joy is a coconut and chocolate milk stout. So, and I had a sample of both, and those are those were quite good as well. So, mm. those, yeah, those do sound a lot better than the Fruity Pebbles Stout from yeah, last year. From last year, yeah. you know that oh, I think I had it on the show tonight, and I then I had like gummy bears with it, and I said, mm-hmm. "Boy, if you eat gummy bears with the Fruity Pebbles Stout, I think it tasted a lot better." It was yeah. so weird. It was a weird pairing. Yeah. yeah, no, I did. Um, I did um, tropical Skittles with it, mm. and same, same. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I agree. It went from a stout that was not very good to you pair it with something like that, and oh, it goes to being pretty good. <laughs> All right. So as I was saying before, I totally forgot about beers, which is the most important segment of the show. Um, our first news story is a little bit breaking uh, today for uh, those of you who may have seen it. Uh, Bally's may drop the Cardinals and Blues in September of 2024. They're calling it as, quote, uh, as part of a wind down. Uh, Diamond Sports Group, who owns Bally Sports, revealed in bankruptcy filings that its St. Louis subsidiary, uh, Bally Sports Midwest, posted a net loss of $13.8 million for the nine months ending uh, September 30th in 2022. It reported a profit of $2.5 million, the filing said. The Athletic reported this month that a judge approved a wind-down plan for Diamond in which it broadcasts Major League Baseball, National League Hockey, I'm sorry, National Hockey League, and National Basketball Association games through September 2024. The end of the baseball season is why that uh, that date stands out. Uh, while trying to operate as profitably as possible, uh, then begin to wind down and try to back pay uh, or pay back creditors, including uh, by possibly liquidating or selling off assets. Uh, this story came from Jacob Kern of the St. Louis Business Journal. Um, so it sounds like there's kind of plans in place now because we've kind of been wondering when are we going to see Bally's just flat out drop the Cardinals and Blues? It seems like this might be uh, the drop dead date for both teams. And it's unfortunate because it's right before the hockey season. But to me, I see this as you have got plenty of time and I'm mostly looking at the Cardinals to plan for a Cardinals network and maybe you work out something with the blues and you get them involved too. So you can broadcast their games. But to me, you've got almost a year here. You've got 10 months. Let's get this figured out and find out what's going to happen with the rest of these broadcasted games. Since it seems like Bally's is probably not going to be carrying them anymore. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're going to be broadcast somewhere whether, and, and, and the, the talk is like you said, Jeff, that, the the Cardinals can put together uh, a network. The, they'd be they'd be spearheading it, and then the Blues would be on board with that probably as well. It'd be interesting to see, you know, if there if there's a secondary station, you know, for conflicts with the Blues and the Cardinals, because uh, there always is uh, because the seasons overlap. So um, either way, you know, uh, the Blues are going to be on TV somewhere. It's just a matter of where. I mean, there's no team in the NHL that is not on TV. It's they're going to be on somewhere. 
but we'll just see where they're going to be. Yeah, to me, this is the the kind of thing that's going to be a um, a, a landscape changing kind of failure um, that you'll either see like like you guys are talking about the Blues and Cardinals getting together for an MSG style St. Louis. Uh, based network um, or you're you're gonna see uh, something like NBC um, sports uh, trying to build here but I think it's it's more likely that we'll we'll go with the uh, uh, the local Man, Cardinals network I kind of hope they I, I hope the Cardinals do do something local and they could do all kinds of stuff with you know local college teams too to 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 fill airtime when the Cardinals and Blues aren't playing. Um, they can do all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, thinking about it, you know, and what a sports station can and, and doesn't do, I mean, you think some teams might be missing the boat with some of this stuff, you know, and what they put on there and what they don't. I mean, it, it's, they could do high school stuff. They could do college stuff. They could do, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Do, a, uh, you know, televise the, the, the high school football playoffs or something. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, who does anybody televise high school football games? Like, no, I don't know. Mm. Uh, there, there is, um, my God, it's like, I think it's one of those like offshoot channels. If you have the HD antenna, I think one of those channels does pick up okay. local football games every okay. Friday. That'd be kind of cool I, to have, but that's kind of, some kind of, you know, network for that. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah, I know that there was local access uh, broadcast of hockey games when I was in uh, of uh, high school hockey games uh, when I was in high school, um, and you know it was it was always you know fun when you'd show up to the rink and see that you know there was a minor TV crew there, um, but yeah, it's it it would it would be cool to see some some professional production around that those kinds of things and with you know with the kind of the boom with Lindenwood uh, going D1 and you know SAUE uh playing yep. bigger games why not <clears throat> SAUE soccer team is really really good yeah so yeah there's plenty of good sports out here um you know there's not only just hockey but you know there's baseball teams i know um uh, Mizzou has a has a pretty decent baseball team. Um, you could pick up something like that. I don't know if they're under contract anywhere, but um, yeah, there's plenty of stuff you could do. But I think either way, I think this opens up the door for something really unique and cool. There is a chance, like I think Bill, you said that you know maybe there's like going to be an NBC Sports St. Louis, and they start picking up all the Cardinals and Blues games, which would be fine. NBC Sports does a good job with their local stuff. But I would love if we could see something actually from St. Louis. Like maybe an investor says, hey, Cardinals, Blues, here's a couple million dollars. Like, let's let's do this. Let's buy the rights. Let's broadcast these games locally. That would be incredible. Um, I've seen some people suggest that maybe YouTube is interested in kind of an Apple TV style just with team-by-team basis, picking up all their games and streaming them. Um, whatever it would be, I'm all for it. I think it's something innovative and different than these awful TV contracts we get where we're getting blackouts everywhere. If we could start seeing some minor change in that area, I think that is for the best for the entire sport. Well, uh, we will. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Perfect timing. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
We will. Uh, we will. Well, I. I was more saying perfect that it hit ten o'clock. No, mean, thank you. You don't no, make the time. No, it's it's on me. Thank you. I appreciate you know, it. You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. You know, just yeah, like good work. just like the rules he brought for Thanksgiving. Hold, I mean, God, good <laughs> Lord, hold the applause, people. My goodness, that's not necessary. My goodness. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I hear Jessica applauding upstairs. Yeah, she's very. There excited. are women crawling under the desk. Get out from underneath there. Come on. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> Just tearing yeah, away at your yeah. pants. How'd you get huh? in here? <laughs> okay, you can stay. Just be, Damn just be quiet. Let them in. Just be quiet. <laughs> uh, well, we will get to talking about the Blues' uh, last four games, uh, as well as some news around the NHL. Uh, when we come back from our break, you are listening to Let's Go Blues Radio, and this is Jeff, Kurt, and Bill. We'll return after these messages. We've all tried a diet or workout fad at one time or another, but it always ends the same, right? We either lose the weight and then get back to our routine, but then put the weight right back on, or it just simply never takes hold. It's time to move into a habit-based program that focuses on organization and simplicity. Rock and That Idea Life's Lean 30 lays it all out for you with the correct food to eat, how to meal prep, and even sprinkles in plenty of healthy recipes. With Lean 30, you'll get the full ID Life arsenal, including energy for that needed kick, a tasty nourish shake for your needed fiber intake, slim plus to help control your cravings and provide a metabolic boost, lean capsules help bust those sugar cravings, and IED Nutrition gives you the added punch you need that takes the guesswork out of what supplements to take. Join the many who are seeing success and make this your last first day on a new program. Visit rockandthatidealife.com to get started, and remember to email Dustin at rockandthatidealife at gmail.com for an extra 10% off exclusively for Let's Go Blues radio listeners. Start your transformation to the confident, vibrant person you've always wanted to be with rockandthatidealife.com. St. Louis hockey fans know how it takes a reliable captain and a team of hard workers to achieve major goals. As a police officer and a hockey player, realtor Mike Burgoyne would wear the C in any situation. As a leader in the home buying or selling process, Mike has surrounded himself with a team of trustworthy inspectors, lenders, and escrow officers that work together more cohesively than Hall & Oates. And as a member of many teams in his life, Mike knows the service are first responders, veterans, nurses, teachers, and yes, even you let's go blues radio listeners provide the community so we offer special rates to those individuals find the value in mike's leadership and teamwork today by emailing him at mike at strikewithmike.com or calling 314-753-4060 he'll work closely with you and only show you the homes that match your goals that email again is mike at strikewithmike.com or call him at 314-753-4060 and succeed with your new teammate today and now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the longest running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Ponder, and Day. The up and down St. Louis Blues continued their up and downness. Uh, this week, uh, the last like, since our last show, they had uh, four games, two wins, two losses, uh, six to five win versus uh, the Arizona Coyotes, uh, eight to three loss versus the National Predators, uh, four to two win versus the Blackhawks, and the three to one loss versus Minnesota. So the game against Arizona. Uh, hey, before, yeah. Before we get to that, I want to ask you guys. So we talk about expectations a lot on this show, at least this season. Um, were your expectations to come out of these four central games? Two and two, because that was my expectation. And I know I've said this no. before that my expectation was for them to go two and two. 
I just didn't expect it to be the way it went. An 8-3 well, loss, yeah. a 6-5 win, like that kind of shit it, was weird. See, okay, uh, looking at who it was in the division, Arizona, Nashville, Chicago, and Minnesota, um, I, would, I, 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 I don't know what I expected, but I thought they should have won three of four of from those particular teams, maybe. Uh, Arizona. I think Bell said that last yeah. week. They should be three and one. Even though Arizona has had our number, we've had trouble with them in the past. You know, we, we did beat them. Uh, the game against uh, Nashville was was surprising and how it turned out. Uh, the game against Chicago, not surprising. Um, the Minnesota game, we'll get into. It was, I mean, there was a lot going on with that game as far as their streak and their new coach and everything. So who the hell knows uh, how that game was going to turn out? We, we can talk about that when we get to it, but. But yeah, I mean, two and two, not the worst thing in the world. You'd like three and one from these four teams, but you know, I mean, whatever. I mean, it, the expectations with this team, like I said, is has been, you know, they're 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 a fringe playoff team at best, probably, and that's where they are right now. So, I mean, I'll say I actually expected, uh, basically, for it to go loss, win, win, loss. I thought they'd lose to Arizona win the two uh, middle games, Nashville and Chicago. And then I just, they feel like the get well soon card for the NHL this year. I think I said that on Twitter that (laughs) you have a, you're struggling to score goals. You need a win, play the St. Louis blues. Because for some reason, the high diversion of this team will come out for that game. And that's how I felt going in against the Minnesota thing, the game. Yeah. it, It, the Jekyll and Hyde thing is, is, you know, frustrating as hell. Right. And, uh, uh, Justin Scott in the chat did bring up, uh, asking earlier, can we hear you guys thoughts on the blues right now with people being bipolar? Don't, don't be like this team, right? The, the, they are, they're, you know, they're in a playoff spot, but they're frustrating as hell. Don't, don't live your life based on the way this team is going. Cause it's going to frustrate the hell out of you. Um, the, I I was I wasn't expecting more than uh, four points out of this swing. Uh, if we would have got five, I would have been happy. Um, but again, it's not who you expected, right? I I think we all pretty much had it a lock that we would get two points off the Hawks. Um, but it's you know it's it's kind of anything goes. And then when I saw you know over the weekend that Evanston got fired, I'm like oh we're gonna lose. First game, right. mm-hmm. yeah. First game with them, we're gonna lose. So. And that's and that's always. I think I think you said on Twitter too, Jeff. Is that you know that 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 first game, especially you know with a, a new team and a new coach, uh, a coach with a new team. Uh, sorry, a new team. A two, God damn it, a team with a new coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're gonna they're they're looking to impress the coach, you know, for, you know, and, and to play well. And they're, they're they they want to look good for the new guy. Right. So they're going to do everything they can to, to play their best, which, which makes you wonder why they weren't playing that way before, but whatever. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was uh, chatting with my, my buddy, Ryan, who's Minnesota guy. And he said, you know, I met him. Yeah. You guys met him at center race um, back that was back when he was living here in St. Louis and then, uh, you know, decided it wasn't cold enough here. So he moved back north. Um, but <laughs> you know, I, he looks like a puck buddy. Yeah, he is. He's total, total puck buddy. <laughs> um, but, uh, the way I put it to him, it was, was, it felt like, you know, the, the wild had been playing super tight with dead man walking coach 
and once once that guy's finally actually dead, uh, a weight's lifted off the team, and that that seemed like what it was. And uh, you know, bringing in a a seasoned guy like John Hines, who you know they they covered it in the uh, broadcast. He wasn't just sitting around uh, waiting for a call. He was he was watching games and had a good feel for teams that might be coming calling and. Whatever he did to get them lit last night was good. Matt Harris said, uh, "To be fair, uh, those crossbars were were brutal last night. Uh, mm-hmm. They had more bars than I did on my birthday. Uh, that's true. I mean, they had yeah, they hit they hit two uh, what within twenty seconds two, of each other. Yeah, two on the same shift. Cairo uh, and uh, and Prunovich. I th- I thought yeah, pretty much. And I thought." They didn't say it, but I thought Shen on that mm-hmm. when we tried to jam in the rebound. I thought his dribbled against the post too. I could be wrong, yeah. but it, it was I, the it re- was outside replay looked like it was close. Okay, yeah. the replay looked close. Either way, I mean that that was that was, and then they hit a post later. Um, that was brutal. Um, yeah. and and especially those. If either of those uh, first two go in, then it's different. It's a completely different game. But um, yeah, Minnesota deserved to win that game. They were they helped. They they were the far better yeah. team. You you just kind of hoped that the Blues would sneak it out with the way Bennington was playing. Yeah, and he played a phenomenal second period, especially right. I mean, he yeah. kept them in the game. Um, yep. and the uh, Money Pucks deserved a win meter, which I like to touch on every now and then. Uh, had the Minnesota Wild at after a thousand simulations on advanced stats, uh, winning sixty seven percent of the time. So and they were and they had Nashville uh, losing more often than not. <laughs> Uh, yep. against the Blues. Yep. That's just wild. Yeah. That is absolutely wild. No pun intended. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how many times you run it. The Blues are always get the slight edge just a little bit against Nashville. Yeah. So that's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, if you look at the hot spots too for the scoring chances, the Blues had a lot. And, you know, they, I mean, they got good goaltending uh, in that game. Really good goaltending. So, I mean, and, and it, again, it was hard to properly analyze the game watching in a bar with no volume, uh, but... Uh, look at the heat maps and everything and, and the stats. And it's like, yeah, the Blues maybe deserved a better fate in this game, a little bit anyway. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You you can't allow that many goals. <laughs> you don't get the good yeah. goaltending. Uh, so let's uh, let's get into the Coyotes game real yep. quick. Uh, anything you guys notice? Well, first of all, let's talk about the lineup. Um, so they had the same lineup as they did against Anaheim, which was that 3-1 win you guys talked about last week. Uh, so Perunovic in there uh, in this with the Scandella pairing. I've said before, I, I like Scandella. I think he plays better when he's with Perunovic. I think it allows him to play a big game. So I And I like Perunovic in the lineup. I think he, and again, you know, you, you have to make lineup changes after a terrible loss like they had against Nashville. So we'll get to that. Um, but... Going into this game, I felt good about the lineup. I liked the forward unit, uh, but man, I did not think we were going to have the game we had. With God, it was so back and forth. I, uh, the whole game. I know the whole game. a lot of NHL fans love that. Uh, I know Puck Podcast; those guys talk all the time. They love the back and forth and goal, 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 goal. I hate those games. <laughs> I hate them. Not not only as a Blues fan, just like as a hockey fan, you, you would have hated. I watched those games. You'd have hated games in the nineties in the Smite Division. The old seven, seven, oh, I, six well, games. It was a little different back then. I'm saying now, like the way the defensive structures are set up, like to me, I want a sound defensive game. I enjoy those more than the high scoring games. And when they're just skating back and forth, it's like, good Lord. Like 
this is too much. I, I need some sustained offensive pressure and some good defensive plays in a game like that. There wasn't any of that. It was all just back and forth and no defense. Uh, Blues outshot um, the Cutters in this game, 31-25. The faceoff percentage, 61.3 to 38.7. Blues dominated on the faceoff dot. Um, you know, they have been all season. Yeah. They've been, that is one very good strength of theirs. They have been so good on the faceoff. So, and Kevin Hayes has been a big part of that. You want to bitch about Kevin Hayes's game. I think he's played very well in the faceoff circle. Yeah, but, after after you know trading away O'Reilly last year, I didn't expect a whole lot in the uh, faceoff department the year after he's gone. But man, they've they've really impressed. Thomas has been incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, Verona was not dressed for this game. So, and I I I, I can tell by looking at your face, Jeff, you got some thoughts about uh, Verona not playing in this game. I do. Um, well, okay. I just want to say I put notes in our outline before last night's game. I thought Verona was the worst player on the ice last night. Um, so I do think we will see him scratched again. But I will say going into this game uh, and going into the Anaheim game, it seems like Verona is always the scapegoat for Baruby. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, the Blues didn't score a lot of goals or, oh, they were hemmed in their own zone too much and there were turnovers. Verona, you're out. You know, it's like, I don't understand that. He's one of your few offensive weapons. Again, I think he had a horrible game last night. But outside of that, I just I just feel like this guy is like one of the few guys who you can kind of rely on to at least, because he's a shooter. Mm-hmm. And that's what this team needs. They don't have enough shooters. Like, Maybe he's not putting the puck in the net, you know, 50 times a year, but you need guys who are going to drive the puck to the net and then have guys crash and create some traffic. And, and you're not doing that if you don't have the shooter on the ice. And to me, Cairo and Verana are really your only two shooters, at least offensively for the forwards on this team. So when he's always the scratch, like, Oh, we lost a game. Verana's out. That kind of drives me crazy. Like I, let's keep him in and maybe put Alexandrov in for like a play or which we have seen a little bit, but to me, I don't know. I just feel like Verona always the go-to to get scratched. Yeah. Just feels weird. Well, he's also not getting a ton of playing time either. He's getting like 12 minutes, 12 and a half a game. So not exactly, you know, what Saad is getting, you know, 15 minutes of uh, Hayes gets 14 and a half, you know, Shen's got 17 and a half average this season. So, you know, he's not exactly getting some ice time either. Blake, he gets more than Blake. He's about a minute per game more than Blake. Blake's 11 and a half. But, uh, but still, I, it, it seems like Verona has a lot of raw uh, abilities that's just not being tapped into like it maybe could be. You know, I, I think for, for, a, for a couple games, they were trying to set him up for the one timer on the power play. Um, on the the half boards, right? And it just and that that kind of went away. I guess they weren't weren't scoring, but nobody else was scoring either on the power play. So I I don't know. Well, and I, I think that's what's funny too is that your power play is clearly I think it, you guys can agree, right? That's the biggest problem with this team right now Absolutely. is that power play just ain't clicking. The two guys that they are constantly pulling out are two guys that they want to play on the power play. Verona and Perunovic, they're always the two scapegoats that get pulled out whenever there's a loss. And it's like, okay, you want your power play to get going. 
you need to have at least one of your other power play specialists on that second unit. And when you pull them both out, stop doing that. Like you're not going to score any goals. Definitely. You're just solidifying that to happen. Yeah. I, I totally thought when they, they had uh Perunovic playing on the first power play, unit before, you know, sitting him for a game, I thought the power play looked a lot better and they were closer. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, with, uh, Tory Krug running point on the power play, it's it becomes a little more predictable. Um, you know, they're they're gonna look pass first and um less less fluid at the point. He's he's not moving, you know, side to side as much as Prunovich will do. So having him come out is not good. Um and then yeah, not having Vrana available for for the one timer because man, the guy's got a, a wicked shot. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's you're you're just you're taking away from the power play, and I I feel like that that's just you know Craig Berube right is he is, um he's going to err on the side of defense and defense is going to win more games than offenses with this team and it's it's frustrating because we know that this team has enough firepower for this to be uh you know top half of the league power play. And they just, they're not getting any confidence. Uh, They're not getting any kind of traction. And I think having those guys constantly in and out of the lineups, not going to, not going to do it any good. Uh, David Miner in the YouTube chat says we fall in love with Verona because of his hot start and good story, but he's really a bad Cairo on the ice. Well, do you know how many power play points he has this season? Mm. None. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, for a guy that you kind of, you know, want to be uh, I mean, but then again, how many players have points in the power play this year? Pavel Buchnevich on this team. Buchnevich, Krug and Thomas. Is that it? <laughs> they're they're probably the only ones with multiple points. Yeah. I'm going to pull up Yeah, it's not good. I'm going to pull up the uh stats here for the Blues for power play. Let's see. Time on ice. If I can find it. Power play, time on ice per game. Uh, the Blues. So Verona is getting a minute 45 uh, on the power play per game on average. So compared to Thomas, who leads the team at 324. But does he should? Really so. Yes, right. No, Offensive leader of this. He's team. one of the guys that I've he's one of the few guys that I've not been upset with on do you know who gets play. I think he's making all the right do you know who gets uh 14 seconds uh, more power play time per game than Verona crew Hayes Hayes mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah I thought so too and he is a he's got he's he can make good passes when he's standing still <laughs> and that's what this power play does is stand still they don't move so I guess it makes sense yeah. uh Prunovich gets uh 243 so he's up there. Uh, Bill, so with this Arizona Wild game, I wanted to ask you your opinion. I thought this was one of Jordan Bennington's worst games mm-hmm. uh, as a blue, as an NHLer, I guess. Uh, you know, I know we don't like to look at the stats, but five goals on 13 shots, that's clearly not uh, what you want to see with the uh, save percentage. Um, I thought the second goal, the one that uh, was a, a break, I think it was a two-on-one, he challenged way too far to the side of the net and made an easy tap in for Jason Zucker, a wide open net. I thought he was challenging way too far. Um, and I just thought he was just off his angle all night. I thought, again, I don't, 
I look at every goal and I'm like, well, the Blues could have played that better. But I'm also like, Bennington was way off his angle and gave way too much of the net to the shooter. Is that a, a fair assumption or am I just being a, a goalie idiot? No, um, I I feel like the uh, this trip ruined uh, the Blues goaltending flow that we had going. Um, you know, starting starting Hofer, um, you know, on on the the front two of the first three games of this trip, I think probably uh, just threw the balance off that was there. Um, you know, on paper it makes sense, and the Blues usually don't do things that make sense on paper. Um, but I think that the way that the goaltending has been since that San Jose game has been disturbing to me. I, I think Bennington has been, this is his worst stretch in two years. Um, you know, he is, he's off his angles. Um, he's not moving quickly side to side like he was. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the first goal last night. Um, you know, he, he should have been over on that post faster. Um, anticipating that pass, um, you know, I don't think he read uh, the, that there were forwards collapsed down low uh, defending for the blues. And, and he, you know, he should have read that and, and gotten over and, and cut the angle uh, before Erickson X scored. But going back to the, the Phoenix game. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just like, you had no confidence that, you know, whenever something would come across the line that, that he was going to be able to uh, withstand a couple of shots. And, you know, that, that uh, at the time I kind of thought that the, um, the Zucker goal was, was fluky, a little bit of a breakdown in play, but yeah, anytime you're, you're slid out of the net for a tapping goal, that's, that's, there's some fault in the goaltending. I, I do think, I think, okay, let's say Bennington plays that perfectly, like plays it well and then still slides across. He's not completely out of his net. I think there's still a damn good chance Zucker puts that in. But I just think Bennington gave him literally the entire net and left it up to the defense to be like either poke it away or block it because I'm not going to be able to get across in time. And to me, that's just not not good goaltending for that goal to go in. And I'll add to, and, and I want to ask your real quick last opinion on goaltending here with this game. Um, the one that got him pulled, uh, the Schmaltz goal. I actually thought that was the, I don't know how to word this, the best goal that he gave up. And people all, instantly were firing at him on social media. Oh, you can't give that goal up from there. Colton Pareko, as good as he's been this year, he there's no way Bennington saw that. Pareko was right in front of him. The shot came out from the top of the circle, and I just thought, man, there is no way Bennington could see that over his six foot five goaltender. Is that a, again? Am I am I right on that, or could Bennington done a little bit more to try and see the shot? I think at that point, Bennington's rattled and just not positionally yeah. sound. Um, I, I think you know if he's on top of his game, he's he's finding a way to look around Pareko, and at that point, he's just like, "What the fuck else is going to go wrong this game?" Oh, that just went wrong. Yep. Yeah, I see. Uh, Ken Morris adds uh, great analysis and comments from Bill. <laughs> Bill, you always get so much praise on this show. People clearly like you the best. You know, something like that. 
you know what I, as far as goaltending goes with these last four games, uh, I would have, I, okay. I, so Hofer started against Anaheim last Sunday. So, and they got Arizona, Nashville, Chicago, Minnesota, four division games. I would have, and so you got two days off after Anaheim. I would have started Bennington against Arizona, Nashville, Chicago, and Minnesota. I don't care that he didn't have a, a great game against Arizona. You, it's a it's a big division game at home against Nashville, and they started Hofer. I thought was, I thought that was a mistake. I didn't like mm-hmm. starting Hofer against Nashville at home in a division game against a team that's the, a handful of points behind you. There again with a new coach, they're going to come out on fire. You, I, you, you've got a number one goalie, a division game against a division rival in your building, and you start your backup. I don't get that whatsoever. I I thought uh, in Bennington's numbers at home too have been insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think you start either way. Yeah, he didn't have a good game. Hofer came in and played phenomenal. He, what, 13 saves on 13 shots in Arizona? Good for him. But he's fucking backup goalie at this point. Yes. Like, it's not a 1A, 1B situation. This is a your starter gets the division A a division rival. I mean, you're going to be battling with the Predators for playoff position probably this season. And you start your backup at home. I hated that decision. And yeah. Don't play well. Yeah, in unless unless they sat them down before the San Jose game and said this is the plan and we're sticking I, to it, and I don't uh, think that happens with this team. I think I think it's you know game day decision yeah. uh, at best, and you know I, maybe they looked at Bennington's day game numbers and said, uh, well, we got two of these coming up. Well, we don't trust them, but statistically, you got to go with the home game. Given his I, numbers yeah, and and Bill, I know we've all said it, but I know you have said it probably most. Um, this organization has never been able to figure out how goaltending works, ever. even when it was run by John Davidson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I the, the the only reason that someone could say why you start uh, Hofer against the Predators is because of how Bennington played and how Hofer played in the game before. That's one game. You know who Bennington is. He's not that guy. Yeah. You're going to start him against your division rival. Uh, Bennington hadn't played since the Kings game uh, the, the previous Saturday, right? So, I mean, because Hofer started well, against Anaheim. Well, he played Arizona. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, is that, uh, oh, you're right. You're right. But he, he's pulled. <laughs> right, right, right. Sorry, 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 sorry. But no, I start, I start him in Arizona, Nashville, Chicago, Minnesota. Run division the table, games. all four division games. Yes. And there's no, there's no back-to-backs there. And and uh, before the uh, before those set of four games, it was two days off, so it's not like you know you're you're just starting him five games in a row. The only one that I consider is, and I know you guys will disagree. The only one I consider starting Hofer is Chicago because they are mm-hmm. that bad. And it's like, I mean, I get it, but get your get if you need to get your if you just feel like you need well, to get your backup in, you do it against the worst of those four teams. Here, here's so the thing. I, I get that, but I I I agree with you though. Hundred percent, all four stars should have gone to Bennington. See, to me, I mean, and I know that you know the Blues outplayed Chicago. the The game was not as close as the score. It could have been six to one, uh, but it was. They, they they couldn't put as many goals in as they probably should have, and the Hawks got a late goal to make the score seem fairly close. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care how bad Chicago's playing and how well the Blues are playing. To me. Your number one always starts against Chicago, just because it seems like you know more times than not, 
that that Chicago Blues rivalry is weird things happen. Right? And, right. They, and they know the players know it's a rivalry. The fans are up for it. Uh, you put your number one in that game, I, and, and unless it's a back to back, and you play a really good team before, whatever. But I mean, well, generally and, speaking, and, in this case, yeah, it's I, I, again, it's, again, to to further your point, um, and against my point that I made is that um, <laughs> you don't want you don't want your backup going in against a young phenom like Connor Bedard either, and having him rattle rattle yeah. off five goals and rattle, and you know if he does that to Bennington, Bennington gets over it the next game and he's fine. Hofer, you don't know. This is still his rookie season. People forget. I, right. I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm always. I like to start the number one more than Berube tends to do. Oh, anyway. I do too. Right. So I, 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 I'm not, I'm not a sixty forty split guy or a seventy thirty split guy. I'm play the number one as much as as much as you possibly can. I there's even some back to back games that I'm like, yeah, put Dep- in depending both on the opponent. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> there was one game I think it was two years ago where they. They only allowed 15 or 16 shots in the first game of a back-to-back. I'm like, put Bennington back out there for the second game. He didn't get that much work. Right. Give me Grant Fear 97-98, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 70, 72 <laughs> games or whatever it was. Maybe not quite that many. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm with you. Crazy. I'm with you. Right. No, oh, wasn't, it, it's, wasn't it 81 games? It was it – was, it was, he only didn't – he didn't start, like, half a dozen. It was – and yeah. it was hurt because he was hurt for a while, too. That's the only right. reason that Casey got in the game. Uh, late in the season, right? It was uh later in the season. I think he, yeah. was, he was hurt. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it, it's I I think you know, like I said before, I think they they screwed up the flow with the goaltending when they made the decision to go ho for first game, first game, and you know the second game back to back nights. You know, to to your guys' point about game, not not being afraid of going with number one in back to back games. Um, you know that the the LA game was a shit show, um, but I I think you still put Bennington out there. Um, yeah, he's your number one. Yeah, and ninety five, ninety six, Grand Fjord, seventy nine games. Yeah, seventy nine. That's a lot. That was amazing. <laughs> and he and, only and he was he and the only reason he missed he like the first game he didn't start that season was because he had tweaked something and they mm-hmm. started a Casey instead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that those those were the days. And Grant Fuhrer, the you know, like the the guy that would give up five six goals a game, but is still had a above five hundred record because it was a different era. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. But <clears throat> I'm not I'm not quite that extreme, you know. But I'm yeah. like you know I'd start Bennington, you know, right. eight out of it, ten if I it, could. It, I I I almost feel like, and I know that goalies, right, Bill? Goalies always want to play. They want to always be in. But I almost mm-hmm. feel like you go to Bennington almost every night and say, "How you feel? You want to go tomorrow night?" And yeah. you know, if he's like, "Hey, listen, I'm nursing this knee thing, but I'll play if you want me to." You know what? No, no, no. We'll go to Joel. We'll let Joel take this one. But right. like, I feel like you just go to Bennington and say, "You're our starter. What do you think? You can you go to all? Can you go tonight? Can you go tomorrow night?" Sure, I'm good. Okay, you're a starter. Yeah. See, the the one thing that that this gets me thinking about is that yeah, there's there's an idea that Bennington, you know, if if the right price is named, Bennington could be traded, right? That's the only reason why you're putting Hofer into so many games. The schedule is not that grueling right now. No. We had one back to back in in on that road trip, right? And and it. it it, there's no reason to be putting putting Hofer in there. I I mean, do I want 
a backup goalie with a lot of confidence? Yes. But right now they're both not playing the best hockey. And I think it, it, it just seems to have stemmed from, from that road trip, the, the beat, excuse me, the beginning of that trip. Well, and I think, I think a lot of teams and, and maybe, and, and, I don't know. Maybe I'm just using recency bias here, but I think a lot of teams look at a guy like um, Ben Bishop, who was a phenomenal goalie. Uh, we all know it, but he had some crazy injury problems. Mm-hmm. He'd be out for weeks on a time. And when he was starting for Tampa, it was, oh shit, we need a quality backup. And oh shit, we got to make sure this backup gets games in because he'll be ready when Bishop goes down. And I think a lot of teams looked at that kind of situation. Maybe Kerry Lettinen comes to mind too. Just these oft injured uh, uh, starting goalies. And they said, we got to make sure our backups are getting time. So they're ready if they have to be the starter. And I think that has just ruined a lot of the goal. I think that's why we're seeing a lot of this 50-30 split, 40-40 splits. Because teams are like, Shit, if there's an injury, we got to have this other guy ready to go. You pronounced yeah. uh, Letton's name wrong. Letting him in. Let's carry letting him in. Letting him in. Yeah. <laughs> second, second best nickname to Andre Red Light Rassico. Hey, yes, that's a good one. Uh, I want to point out Ken Morris brings up a good point. We talk about goaltenders of old. Glenn Hall played 502 consecutive games. That's. I, that's Bob Gibson shit right there. You look at the Bob Gibson stuff that's, in pitchers. Well, that's how this is. This is it, nuts. That's old time pitchers when they, they, they had 30 wins in a season and 28 complete games. Right. Yep. Right. It's like, yep. whoa, golly. Right. right. It, yeah. The, the, the pain threshold was insane. And, and, you know, Glenn Hall puked. Before 502 consecutive yep. games. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was a trivia question we had back when we did uh, Blue Note trivia. Uh, so we we talked at length already about the Nashville game, the 8-3 to three loss. Um, let's uh, not talk about it anymore. Yeah, O'Reilly did score in this game. Uh, well, let's talk about the, the tribute video was nice to see. Um, I thought that was, you know, I, you knew they were going to do it, but... Obviously, yeah. this one carries a little more weight. You know, Petrangelo left on his own terms, so it was you know a little bit of well, he, you he, know he, he left because he wanted. It. He not right. only not only did he leave, he turned down a very good offer to go elsewhere. So yes, but yeah. this is a different situation when you look at the Cup heroes. Uh, you think of the three, right? It was Petrangelo, O'Reilly, and Biddington. Yep. And so this is the second of those heroes to come back and have that moment and this was a little different because he got traded then he signed elsewhere unfortunately signed with a rival but clearly he has still got love here i heard and i know there was nashville fans in the stands but i did hear some cheers when he scored um just you know so it was nice to see him back and you know the blues they gave him that custom painting um was commissioned because uh, he reached that hundred thousand or hundred thousand, he played in a hundred thousand NHL games, guys. Um, <laughs> that's a new state record. That's a new, yes, a uh, thousand NHL games played. Uh, but I thought it was cool to see the tribute video, and and uh, I didn't. Again, I was not watching live, so I don't know if Bally Sports <laughs> fucked us over on that, like they did with David Perron. But I'm sure they did. Uh, let's just assume they did. Right, and and. 
memo to St. Louis Cardinals network. Get that shit right. right? Oh, yeah. Don't follow some stupid corporate. This is our, this is our programming protocol. Cover the important shit, the emotional shit that we just eat up. Don't cut the break in the middle of Charles Glenn's last national anthem. Right. Right. But you can watch well, it on the website later. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing that – what all you have to do, because now they're inserting commercials in between whistles sometimes. Like they'll throw in one of those 15, 20-second yeah. commercials, mm-hmm. which I don't like, but I don't hate. It's fine. Yeah, I get whatever. it. They need to make all the money they can. So all you got to do is when you know, because you know when they're going to run that video, all you got to do cut out one commercial – and then let people see the tribute, and then the next whistle, just play another commercial. There you go. Problem solved. Everyone's happy. But but we have to see the auto loan pro. <laughs> well, but the, the next He's whistle, the real pro. The next whistle has scheduled commercials to go already, so they don't have time. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, if, really. if they if they if they bump a commercial, they don't really have a place to put it in. Otherwise, yes, they do. But if I'm one of those, no, they don't, they don't take so many commercial breaks. Right? But yeah, but I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that when they when they focus out, like they show the game on half screen and they put another commercial up on the right, just do that. Do that with another commercial. I I bet you that there's money involved. Well, I bet you that those ad rates run differently, different prices, probably, and they they you know certain. People don't pay for certain things. Now, I do wonder sometimes how it works when when they don't have enough commercial breaks. Like, if there's just not a stoppage. And they have to take back-to-back commercial breaks. I imagine it, every once in a while, somebody gets bumped. You know, a commercial. Oh, it's happened. Because uh, they, they do the commercials at, what, the 6-minute, 10-minute, and 14-minute mark? Yes. yes. Um, yes. So I know that after the six minute, I think it's one. It's once it's under a minute thirty. If they haven't taken the commercial, they just don't take it. And for whatever reason, yeah. there's like a power play or uh, yeah. goals, bunch of goals scored. They just won't take it. So I yeah, if, that that happens. I wonder if those are. I wonder. I, I assume that the client is not paying for that ad time if they don't get it. But if I'm somebody like the Auto Loan Pro or one of the local people that are advertising, like I, I, you know, I this is just me, but I, I would be like, if there's an important thing going on, like a tribute to David Perron, bump me. You, you, you got to stay with it, obviously. You, I, regardless well, then, of how this works out, you have to stay with the tribute. You, you do to. that. Yeah. Like Bill said, here's what you do. Then you go on social media and you say, hey, just to let you all know, I told Bally Sports to bump my commercial so right. we could see David Perron's tribute. Then guess what? You're getting yeah. a shit ton of social media love. Yeah. Happy to bump our ad. You know, we're happy to bump our ad so, you know, you, so Bally's could show the, the tribute video. It's to, not to a hard thing to do. I think I think mm. you're right, Bill. I think companies would gladly do that because they would get praised if they announced yeah. that mm. that's what they did. Right. Even Car Shield, right? <laughs> yeah. As wait, if they don't wait, have wait, enough ad space. Right. We're we're gonna oh, cut Lord. you out. We're we're gonna cut out Ryan O'Reilly's tribute so that we can show a commercial with Ryan O'Reilly who doesn't play her anymore. <laughs> well, I, wait, would you say I that Car Shield? Would you say Car Shields? Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I would say that their commercials have been by 
pretty effective. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I, okay, effective is the wrong word because I don't know the return. On the because you bought a car shield policy. No, <laughs> no, never. But the thing They're is, doing that well. I, I, I personally, I enjoy the commercials. They're kind of viral amongst St. Louis Blues fans. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows. You know, the, the car shield commercials, and so, and, and I bet, but most people probably don't quite know what car shield entails. <laughs> Because right. they, they don't talk about it a whole lot, even if they try to. Uh, yeah. But no, I mean, sales people and, like the brand yeah. to, to association no. with the fun commercials. Right. No. The, well, and this year's commercials, brand. right? They they are they are definitely a hockey brand, yeah. and they get hockey better than most most companies in St. Louis. But mm. this year's, you know, most St. Louis thing, it it's fun, right? I I don't tire of watching them. Maybe no. I'll I'll change my tune when we get to March and we're still seeing the Pat Maroon arm wrestling well, Fred Bird thing. You know but. what? It, it, it's interesting because uh, it, it is kind of cool to still see Pat Maroon and O'Reilly doing these commercials. Uh, yeah, with with Shen mixed in, right? So it's that's kind of cool. There's, uh, they are nationwide too. They're, those commercials aren't, but right. Car Shield yeah. is. Right, and uh, they they yeah they're doing very well and i'm, I'm happy for like a st louis company i mean um, i don't their their junior and peewee teams are fucking insanely good too like i was i was in new jersey in a hockey shop and somebody mentioned car shield and i just kind of perked my head up and i was like you know car shield they're like oh god their team just kicked our ass 10 to 2 <laughs> I'm like, they're good and he's like yeah, yeah. damn st louisans and i'm like yeah <laughs> damn st louisans yeah, back in the day, that was Compuware and Little Caesars, right? That Detroit owned that market, and yep, we're we're starting to compete there. I love it. Yep. So the Blues ended up taking on the Blackhawks for the first time this season. Uh, beat them four to two uh, in a game. I said earlier, touched on that and said that uh, score wasn't really indicative of this uh, this game. I thought the the score could have been uh, more <laughs> more lopsided. Five or six to one, something like that. Uh, but it, it, good game of the Blues. Also, Chicago's a very bad team. They're yeah, they're not good yeah. at all. They're terrible. Yeah, no. Uh, um, Soderblom played amazing. He played he very well. He did. He, he was well. yeah. That he was such a bright spot for the Hawks. Well, and we've talked about before the Blues playing down to their competition, and that was my fear going in. You know, clearly. San Jose stomped them. Uh, L.A. stomped them. Vancouver who's playing well, but stomped them. <laughs> I, mean, I thought playing, man, playing worse than the competition. <laughs> I could, I could. Well, I could just see like, damn, Chicago's going to come in and put a five spot on us. And I'm glad that didn't happen. I, I wasn't confident about that. I thought it's a chance, but I think the Blues will pull ahead, and they did. I think they, they for the most part, dominated play, like you said. Um, uh, I think Bedard really well. He did. I think Bedard would have had to run wild on the Blues for the Hawks to have a chance in this game. Yeah, yeah. which he could because I thought. Oh, go ahead, Bill. I was going to say, you know, there there was a uh, there was you know a, a shadow over the Hawks, unbeknownst to the rest of the hockey world at this point. Right. Really, um, the rumors I, rumors had started, but you know, uh, obviously um, they weren't in their right mind in this game anyway. Yeah, I can't. Let's, let's I can't wait to it. talk about this later. I know. Yeah, we will, I know. We will talk we? about this, but <laughs> right, uh, going into this game, this game. Let's, <laughs> let's also uh, mention Taylor Hall out for the season. Corey Perry not in this game. Uh, so Corey two Perry of their guns retired. 
forced probably. retirement forever. Right. Um, but we thought going into this game, like, man, that's two of their guns, two guys Bedard has on his wings that are gone. Um, and I thought Bedard, I mean, he he had a couple moments that was like, okay, this kid's the real deal, like we've seen all season. But I just thought, man, Colton Pareko, I, spe- specifically Colton Pareko and Tory Krug, uh, there was a couple times that he would start to make a play. Like you could see him coming in from the half boards and then you'd cut a little bit to the net, but then he wouldn't get a shot off because Pareko would be right there to either body him up or poke him, poke the puck away. There was one specific play. I remember, I think it was in the second period, Tory Krug stepped up on him and knocked him off the puck. And uh, I'll give Nick Letty credit, which I haven't done a lot of the past two seasons uh, that Nick Letty, was playing good positional hockey on him and his entire line as well. Um, what's that? Um, uh, Radish. Uh, Radish is is having a, a good year too. He didn't really get anything going because the Blues were just all over it. I thought the Blues defense, again, a bad Chicago team, but it's worth giving credit that the Blues did not let Connor Bedard get anything going in this game, and I thought they played very well against a high-powered kid. Do you know what the so with 10 minutes to go in this game? So at the 50 minute mark of the 60 minutes in this game, do you know what the expected goals were at that point in the game for both teams? Take a guess. Take a guess. Advanced stats, right? This is advanced analytics. So we're talking about expected goals based on how many goals that each team should have scored based on the situations that presented itself uh, based on advanced stats. Uh, you guys want to take a guess? Blues eight, Chicago one. Okay. I'll say blues seven, Chicago none. Uh it is blues expected goals two point eight zero nine. Blackhawks expected goals two point eight six three. The Hawks no. were up on the blues. Uh, ten minutes to go in this again, game. Subjectivity of the <laughs> the home rink. Yeah, it's, and I'm I'm sorry, this this to me again goes to this is why we watch the games and we don't just go off analytics every game. That's why I kind of brought it up. And the Blues did take off after this. Um, and then they, they scored a f- couple minutes later, uh, and then they went up to 3.548, and the Hawks were at 2.863. So, cool. but yeah. Rako has been awesome this year. That's why I'm not ashamed to hang the jersey behind me. Yeah, David Miner. Yeah, I'll say I have uh, hidden my Colton Pareko jersey away in my closet the last couple of years. I might break it out when I go to my first game this year because he has been great. I can't yeah. I can't uh, praise Pareko enough for the season. Uh, mm-hmm. For as no. much as we've kind of ripped on him for being disappointing uh, the past couple of years, uh, he has been phenomenal this right. season. He's... I'm not... Yeah, I was going to say he is like I felt like the last couple after Petrangelo left, there was, you know, always been talk that he had a back injury that was keeping him holding him back. (laughs) His back was holding him back, Uh, but his back was holding him front. Yeah, no, that's Corey Perry. Uh, Oh, Oh. Uh, (laughs) all right. uh, No, his but. I think I think his game got mental, and this year that's not there. He is he is playing a very focused brand of hockey and a, a very effective brand of hockey, and I I love it. Um, I'm ready to to debate you on this, Craig Button. <laughs> yeah, he's doing everything that we said he needed to be doing the past couple seasons. Right? He's 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 
he's just doing everything in his own zone. He's taking up space. He's uh, uh he's he's qu- he's closing uh, on puck carriers. Uh, he's getting sticks in lanes. He's mm. he's just he's 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 not leaving the back door open like last season was like crazy. What the fuck? See, what, uh, and, and he's carrying what, the puck up the ice. And so what he's, have we he's, always heard about him that everyone? Well, okay, in terms of g- generic Blues fans, it's he's, he's a big guy. What does he play physical? And I think the three of us have always said he doesn't need to play physical. He just needs to play big. Yeah. And and there's and a difference, it, there's a difference but, because big just means you're taking up the ice. Yeah. You're not allowing guys to get behind. You're not allowing guys to have the passing room, the stick handling room. Just take up ice. That's all you got to do as a crafty, big defenseman. And that's what he's been doing this year. This is. Colton Preco of old. This is Preco of 2020, 2019. Like this guy is what we thought he would be. Hopefully this continues through the rest of his contract, but to open this year, this is more than a sample size. This is Colton Preco at this point. Krug's been good. I mean, Krug's been good too. And mm-hmm. I think that's been a big part of the turnaround for the defensive unit generally as a, as a whole, you know, Krug and Preco. That was, that's a, that was a big two, a, a huge part of this defense uh, that was not playing well. Right. And now they are separate components, right? Two uh, different pairings. And you have two players that have played to uh, two or above expectation. When last year, they both played below expectation. The team is going to look a hell of a lot better. And they have. Now, I, I know that some of the backlash I've gotten talking about Krug's defensive ability and his <laughs> offense is starting to pick up. Some of the backlash I've gotten is he's still not living up to his contract. Okay, that might be true, but he's playing well. Like, I will say last year, and I, well, I said it on the show, and I think you guys agreed, at this point, don't even play him. He's a healthy mm-hmm. scratch. He's awful. At this point, you take him out of the lineup, you're an idiot because he is he is at least, I actually think, and again, don't hate me. I don't know if you guys will agree or not. I think he's playing better than Falk. Uh-huh. Falk has Falk. I I was thinking about this last night. Right? That Falk is just kind of he's been invisible for for a bunch of games. Um, you you expect him to have a good game against Minnesota, where he's from, and it was like you know very ho hum. Um, you know, just not not very noticeable in any way. That's yeah. That's yeah. You know, I, I don't think you can't have been... that with him. I don't think he's been bad, but I agree. I think in order for him to be effective, he's you've got to notice him. And I don't feel like we've noticed him enough. Yeah. But I'm not going to say he's playing poorly. It's just we haven't noticed it as much. Uh, Ken Morris says Team Colt 55 with Jeff, and that would mean Colt up. I should have worn my Colton Pareko jersey. Maybe I'll do that next week. Uh, the Chicago game did kick off the dad strip. Which uh, the Blues have right. traditionally played very well in the dad's trip. I think the good thing it was the mom's trip. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, the jokes keep coming. <laughs> just uh, like Corey, Perry, just like Connor. Did, 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 oh, did see you guys are part of the problem. <laughs> you guys are part of the problem. 
Oh, yeah. what are you talking about? We're part of the problem. We get to fucking have fun at the expense of the Blackhawks. We're a Did... fucking blues podcast, and we're not associated with the NHL. We can say whatever the fuck we want. Did you uh, did you see that the uh, Hurricanes picked up uh, Corey Perry off waivers? And then they, no. uh, yeah, and then they uh, immediately canceled the mom's trip. <laughs> uh, we're going to hell. Yeah. They, well, the, I mean, it makes sense. The hurricane. It's always every... Mother's Day at Corey Perry's house. <laughs> did you? <laughs> just, no, they didn't pick him up, did they? <laughs> oh, the, I. The hurricanes I, say, I do thought I saw everything. They, right. I thought I thought I saw they terminated his contract. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah well either yeah. way uh dad strip <sighs> yeah i you know what it's funny because uh i remember last year um my my wife they they kept uh showing the dads you know after all the calls like they do and i remember my wife last year going like why we don't care why are they doing this why do they show this and i'm like actually i think it's awesome i mm-hmm. love seeing the dads, the dads I love oh seeing sure them get, me too and the moms too. too like i love seeing me them too. get excited and I love the interviews with them. I don't know if you guys saw the thing they did with Robert Thomas and his dad, yeah. uh, the interview with them. That was awesome. Like I love all this and and it's because, and I tried to explain it to her that, and you know, and she's, she was a soccer player. She gets it to a certain extent, but you know, with hockey, it's like there's tournaments every damn weekend. You're traveling to Chicago for St. Louis people. You're traveling to Chicago. You're traveling to Wisconsin. You're traveling to Michigan, Minnesota, whatever. Like you're traveling all the time. You're getting up at 5 a.m. for practices during the week. I mean, there is so much shit that goes into being a hockey parent. And so when I see this stuff and it's all like culminating for these guys, like, Robert Thomas's dad, for example, you know, this dude was probably driving his kid to practice at 4 a.m. in the morning, you know, 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, and then picking him up at 6 and going to work after that and paying for all of his hockey. Like, that is awesome to see him be able to enjoy it now and just be like, I get to watch my son play in the NHL. Who doesn't, like, who doesn't like seeing that? I mean, it's only right. it's not like it's every game. It's a couple games in the season. That's all it is. Right, the the joy on Jake Neighbors' dad seeing him pop those yeah. two goals, God, yeah. that yeah, God, yeah, make yeah, good good team, good game against a bad team. That's a that's a good summary for this game. Yep. Uh, Matt Harris says well, we've been calling Perry a motherfucker for years. Guess he finally <laughs> wanted to prove it. Uh, <laughs> We should we should say that that is not true with the rumor. The rumor that one is out there is not true, but it's fun to talk about. <laughs> it is. Well, do we really trust the Hawks to tell us the truth? Yeah, well, we'll get into that in a minute. In a we will. I, I, yeah. Uh, and the Blues did lose to the Wild uh, 3-1 on Tuesday night. Uh, the Wild, before this game, they fired Dean mm-hmm. Evason as their head coach, um, and they hired John Hines in his place. Brunovich was in for Tucker. Uh, pretty much should always be in for Tucker. <laughs> I agree, especially well, in Minnesota, right? Yeah, where, yeah. Where much from. faster team. Yeah. Um, right. and and again, like Minnesota, I think they're the most penalized team in the NHL. No, they're the worst penalty kill in the NHL. So you need Until a guy out there for the power play. Yeah, right. Until they have a four minute minor against us, and we have so, one fucking shot on goal. Yeah, and this. So they talked about Minnesota having the worst penalty kill in the NHL coming into this game and the blues are the second worst power play. So you figure, well, 
you know, we've got the statistical. Can you imagine here. having a worse power play than the Blues? <laughs> Something's gonna, you know, somebody's gonna come out on top, and you figured it was gonna be. I mean, with everything going on with Minnesota and the new coach and the players wanting to play up and the, uh, to impress the coach to to because he's new and you want to impress the new guy, the new the new boss, right? So. You know, and Minnesota played a very good game. I thought they played really mm-hmm. well. They took away a lot of the Blues passing lanes. What I was impressed most with, most with on the power play is that I love the bumper play. And we've talked about this before, where the Blues pass down low and do a quick little bumper pass uh, where the forward slides back away from in title on the goal, slides uh, away from coverage from the defense in that soft spot between the offense and the defense. So pass on the point down low and there's a quick pass to him sliding back. The wild were all over that. I saw three or four times the blues tried that on the power plays. And as soon as that bumper pass started, they just swarmed that player who was uh, uh, in that, in that, that soft spot. Uh, and they covered that very well. And I, you know, I, I was like, that's a great play. Uh, if you can, if you can make it, you know, the other team doesn't know, doesn't know what's coming because you find that soft spot. But yeah, they, yeah, they anticipated every second they of did. that. They did. Yeah. It, they anticipated it, everything in that, in, in that, especially in the power play uh, and, and in the penalty kill. And Minnesota mm-hmm. did very well blocking passing lanes, blocking shots, tons of block shots. Um, they did a good job. Uh, they, it's like they knew the Blues game plan going in on the uh, on the PK. Oh, right. man, they mm-hmm. they did. Uh, you mentioned the block shots. I, I need to. You know what? I think I got it right here. Um Block shot, yeah, twenty five block shots on on record, which is a lot, is good. And uh, yeah, the Blues mm. definitely they had some chances that, and and mm. I thought uh, Gustafson played well, but yeah, the defense played even better. They were yeah. all over the ice in front of him. Yeah, yep. yeah, they they definitely were. And you know, I I mentioned earlier about John Hines, you know, and how he had sat around watching a lot of tape or watching a lot of games, trying to figure out where he's going to go. You have to think that he watched a lot of Blues games, too. Oh, they, yeah. I was thinking the us, same thing. They played us perfectly, right? Yeah, I and, thought the same thing. I thought because that was uh, one of the things they did, I think, on TSN. Um, they asked the whole panel, like, um, I don't know, it might have been ESPN, but they asked at the start of the season, who's the first coach fired? And I think a couple people picked Baruby. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm guessing yeah. John Hines was thinking the same thing. Like, right. I should watch some blues games just to make sure. Yeah. And, you know, I thought uh, apart from their their penalty kill, knowing exactly what we were going to do, um, their their approach to the blues, uh, you know, in, in the defensive zone, Pressure the boards, get Jordan Cairo to make a turnover, and huh, well, that worked. Um, and and then the other thing was speed down low, and they they were opening up plays that other teams haven't, um, and made me think a little too much of last year um, with some of the the openness of the back door. Uh, but they they really emphasized their speed down low. And we're super effective. I think um, I know Minnesota blocks a lot of shots in this game, but you know when the Blues get into trouble uh, in games is when uh, so far this season is when they're not getting enough pucks to the net. Uh, when they started to turn things around from the up from the, the wishy washy start to the season, uh, they were they started throwing stuff at the net. They were getting outshot every game by a lot. But when they and they started to throw more pucks to the net, and that they they were getting some results with that. 
And this game, they were held down. On, I mean, they had nine shots in the first, five in the second, you know, 10 in the third. Not a ton of shots this game, 24 for them. Minnesota had 37. And, you know, Minnesota did block a lot of shots. But, you know, I mean, just not getting shots through, not shooting, you know, not being as predictable, and not, uh, not getting enough shots uh, quickly. You know, like like Kyrie, for example, there were a number of times in this game where he'd he'd stick handle into traffic into the slot, which is fine uh, if you want to get a certain angle. But you got to get that shot off quick, because if you're if you're going into traffic, you know, there's sticks everywhere. There's you're going to have guys trying to poke the puck away from you. There's guys going to be go, going down to block shots. I, I, I found it was almost like a Tarasenko syndrome where I'm like, get the fucking shot off quicker. You know, don't. Uh, Tarasenko would dust it off and, and Cairo was coming across and he would like, it like he bared on a shoot and he'd like wait a half second to like change the angle and try and shoot. And it was getting blocked so much. And it was just like, ah, you know, a stick of getting in the way at the last second or a leg getting in the way. And I'm like, he's just, he's just not, I mean, it, this is oversimplifying it, but I think a number of times he's just not shooting quick enough. He's not getting the shot off, and and something's happening. The his his opportunity closes in that that fraction of a second that he the delays, and it, and is taken away. And I saw that happen a number of times last night against Minnesota. So, um, and and the team in general, like I said, you know, uh, throw the puck in the net. You know, especially in the power play, go go crash the net, throw the puck in the net. Twenty four shots on net, not going to cut it on most nights against most teams. So. I mean, uh, it's it's a it's a thing where you saw results earlier in the season when they did that. So I'd like to see them get back to that because I, I think There's, they've been uh, they're shying away from that. You're mentioning Cairo. There's a lot of Cairo talk going on in the chat right yeah. now. I'm not mm-hmm. uh, from Justin Scott. I'm not a Cairo hater. I think he's been better defensively, but he's got to find the back of the net. Uh, uh, he hit the post. Uh, he was, uh, Oh, okay. He was unlucky. Uh, sorry. The <laughs> yeah. He was unlucky there. Uh, I, I know he hit the post. He was unlucky there. Uh, and then Matt Harris says, uh, I'm still the number two Cairo supporter. I just need him to figure it out already. And then Justin Scott responds to that. He has potential to be a star, but just hasn't found it, man. Uh, I agree. Um, I, I think I said this two weeks ago that I, I actually don't hate his game this year because I feel like he's trying to become a complete player. Um, and again, if this yeah. is if there's well, going to be a year to find your complete game for the St. Louis Blues, it's this season. Now, if he comes out next year and has a Jim Campbell type sophomore year, uh, that's an issue. Um, but I do think that I do think we will start seeing that offensive flair a little bit more in the stretch run. His yeah. de- his decision making on the offensive zone when he has the opportunity to take a shot has disappointed me hmm. uh, mostly this season. I, I, I which doesn't have a lot to do anything to do with his defensive game, which has gotten better, more responsible defensive neutral zone. I'm, I'm a, I, I like that. I'm with you, but the instances in the offensive zone where he's he's supposed to produce and his decision making and that and that portion of the ice um, has disappointed me. This right, and I do agree with that. I so the I think the problem is that there's decision making in the offensive zone. He needs yeah. to be the guy that just fucking plays off instinct and shoots. That's what I'm saying, right? And and he's caught in two minds. And you know, if if this is just growing pains, great. But you know, if if he if 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 he can't be, um, 
you know, the, the kind of player that can play both sides of the puck and he has to concentrate so hard on, on thinking on defense that he can't play freely on offense. Man, I, it, it's, it, I'm not worried. Maybe about he's, I, I'm not, I, not, I'm not worried about him long-term, Yeah, but this year it's frustrating as hell. Yeah, I, I get you. I, I'm, I'm not worried about him. I think he'll come around. He's just got to, and it sounds so stupid and simple. I mean, just like shoot the puck. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's you don't want to be that fan. Gener- yeah. You're the generic blue shoot! fan. Shoot. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be that fan. Shoot the puck. You don't want to be that guy. I, yeah, they, they've got a system. They're, you know, but when, but, but at this point, you know, when goals in certain games are hard to come by, for some reason, things are drying up, not getting shots on net. Third period comes around. You got 18 shots on goal to start the period. You're like, what? You know, we don't, we don't have many shots. Shoot the fucking puck. You know, that that's pretty simple. You know, and I don't think, you know, you think a guy like Kyrie would be like, oh, you want to shoot the puck? All right, let's go. I'll shoot. Yeah. Well, mm. and, and, and um, you know, you mentioned Tarasenko, the dust-off. I remember it more uh, Jaden Schwartz. That was my biggest problem with him. He would get to open ice, but then he'd make one extra move, mm. and it's like, just shoot the damn puck, dude. Mm. And I feel like I think it was Kairou's first goal of the season, uh, maybe against Arizona in that first game. I can't remember exactly. Or he literally got a pass from Kairou, and he just gripped his stick and ripped it. And it mm. was just do that. That's all you have. Like you have the shot. And I feel the same way when he's used in the shootout or when he has a breakaway, he's always trying to make this move. And it's just, dude, you've got an accurate, hard and quick wrist shot. Just fucking use it. Just do that all the time. You're going to score goals. Keep it simple. Stupid. Right. Yeah. On the <laughs> offensive side of the game, that's what he needs to focus on. Just keep it simple. Don't try to do too much. Shoot the damn puck. And yeah, do you know that that going back to that that first goal he scored, I I remember thinking, well, this this could portend great things. Ruby called it out. It started with great defensive zone presence and then pushing up the ice and getting that pass from Thomas and burying it. Do you know who leads the team in shots on net? Tyler Tucker. Uh, well, Take boy, a guess. that's a Take great a guess. question. Who leads the team in uh, shots on goal this season? Capitan. Mm. No, I'm going to change mine. Thomas. Mm, yeah. Thomas feels like the right answer here. It is Kairou, and it's not even close. Really? Kairou really? has 72. Bushnevich, 50. Thomas forty nine. Mm. So his shooting percentage. So 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 what you're <laughs> saying is what we really love is shooting percentage. Well, I and he does get chances. Kairou does get a lot of chances, and I just think that that you know uh, back in the days when Shanahan was here, he just shot the buck so much. He led the team in shots on goal. wasn't even close, and he was rewarded, right? The fifty goal guy. So. You know, it's like, yeah, he's leading the team in shots, and he does get a ton of chances, but he needs to shoot more. His end, you know, his shooting percentage is 5.6, which is 14th on the team. You know, I don't give a shit about shooting percentage. I think that is the most useless stat in the world. You know who leads the team in shooting percentage? Who leads the team? Tyler Tucker. (laughs) He's second. 
<laughs> uh, neighbors, twenty five point nine percent. Yeah, I, I think we're, we'd he's be on remiss, a right now. So we'd be remiss if we didn't say that his point streak was snapped in this game. But he did have a five game point streak uh, yes. at the Chicago game. Neighbors have been great. Incredible. Been great. And and that it's the team was playing better. You know, obviously, when you get production from other people that you may not uh, elevated production from people that you may not uh, expect it from consistently. And uh, if, if neighbors is more like the guy that we've seen recently uh, from here on out in his career, that's a, he's a I'll say, fantastic I think, player. I think I said it early in this season, but I, I think um, even as early as early last year, I think the team kind of said, okay, neighbors is a bottom six guy at this point. Like he's not going to develop into what we were hoping he would be. But hey, if he's a late bloomer here and he mm-hmm. can figure this out and be a top six guy, like a filling in for a Jaden Schwartz in that type of role, or even a, mm-hmm. a, a duplicate Brandon Sod type player, I think that's excellent. Let's hope tell you we what. can see that happen. I'll tell you what. I hope that the situation uh, when everything settles down, uh, or when players settle into roles. I hope that he's playing the way that he is now and he continues to do that, but he's a third line guy because that means our top two lines are flying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Great. If we can get that type of production from our third line, that's what you need. Yep. That's what you need. Agree. Uh, worth noting in this game to uh, Colton Pareko, more love for him. He tied Chris Pronger for sixth place in most career games played by a blues defenseman. Um, I would love to quiz you guys on who all those people are, but it's right in front of your eyes, so I'm not going to do that. Of course, Barrett Jackman uh, leads the team. Then Petrangelo, Bob Plager, Barkley Plager, Al McKinnis, and then again, Pronger and Pareko tied, and uh, tomorrow night, Pareko will take sixth. Uh, Lonesome and bump Pronger down to seven. Uh, That just feels wrong. It does, a little bit. It does. (laughs) Well, if we hadn't, uh, you know, moved him. That'd be a different story. He should have retired a blue. He should have, yeah, never even. It should have been a question. It's like yeah. trade pronger. What? No, no, no. Yeah, that should have been Larry Plo laughing. Like you're gonna have to fire me if you want me to trade Chris Pronger. <sighs> yeah, it's just. I mean, yeah. and the reasons but, they but gave he too. Knew because, Bill Laurie would have. Yeah, that's you know, true. Laurie's reasons. You know, at the team at times, like, oh, I'm trying to sell the team. I don't want any big contracts on this roster for you, a potential buyer. You don't like, want a star player. Are you, fucking kidding me he's you one of the best players player. right. he's one of the best players ever may arguably the best player in blues history and you don't want him on the team for a potential buyer you want those kinds of players on this roster for a potential buyer. Yeah. it's so fucking no, stupid it, it, it was it was a total corporate cost-saving move yep, yep. uh it should have been because they all had nine million dollar contracts kachuk wait and pronger should, you should have traded both Kachuk and Wait before you traded Pronger. Easily, not a question. Yeah, yep. Although you have your Kachuk fans out there. I mean, oh, hey, I love Keith Kachuk and I love Doug Wait, but yep. there's no I, question in my mind. I was a big Wait fan. I think Wait was one of the I underrated guys when he was here. Big oh, guy, I loved yeah. him. Huge Wait guy. All right. So is Keith Kachuk. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is now. Bill's got the jokes tonight, but I'm t- um. Yeah, I mean, what else can we say about this game? I'll just add that uh, I thought the second period, uh, God, the Wild just brought it to the Blues in that in that period. And I thought there is no – if it wasn't for – if Jordan Bennington would have had a game like he did against Arizona, that would have been a 
six one game, seven one game. Like it it was not a good showing by the Blues. No. Uh first of all, Zuccarello missed a wide open net uh on a nice passing play. Uh Pat Maroon had a uh backdoor tap in chance that he just completely miffed on. Uh, and the you Blues were outshot seventeen to five in that period. They uh they really should have given up three or four goals and um, yeah, and like I said, Bennington had two of his best saves ever as a blue, uh, I thought, on that penalty kill. I thought those the 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 one across that uh, the guy one time, I can't remember who it was, excellent save. Then he had one right in front of the, the guy had a chance right in front of the crease. I thought, man, Bennington is on his game. If it wasn't for him, this game is a blowout by the start of the third period. <clears throat> okay. Well, are we doing rapid fire tidbits now? You want to get into this? Uh, you want to do next up for the Blues real quick? Oh, right, 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 right. Next up for the Blues. Uh, Thursday uh, versus Buffalo, 7 p.m. Then they go to Arizona at 8 p.m. on Saturday. Monday, they're in Vegas at 9 p.m. And uh, Wednesday uh, versus Vegas again at uh, 8 p.m. At home. Mm. So home and home against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, which, yay. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be watching... I'll be watching the next two games on delay because uh, I have a wedding rehearsal and then a wedding Thursday <laughs> and Saturday. So well, make sure you get those weddings right. So yeah, rehearsals are important. That's right. Uh, it's uh, I'm I'm in the wedding. I'm a uh, groomsman, and uh, this might be my last time. That's what I think at this age. You know. None of your uh, other friends yeah. are gonna. If they're if they get married, they're not doing the big wedding. Thing. I mean, you you got your second marriage coming up soon. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not gonna yeah. be a groomsman for that. I will be a. Uh, I groom. will be a, be a groom. groom. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. I almost said bride. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it could be that no, too. Your second marriage, you're definitely going to be the bride. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so yeah. For, uh, I guess uh, we'll have a show next Tuesday. We haven't talked about it, but uh, so we'll have. That be, seems it, right. Yeah. So between now and our next show, Buffalo, Arizona, and Vegas. So, mm. fun. so we'll do a show sandwich between the Vegas games. It's going to be December, our next show. Yeah. That's weird. Rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. Let's get into this. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, put Corey Perry on unconditional waivers with the intention of terminating his contract due to unacceptable conduct. Uh, the Blackhawks said Perry engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and was in violation both of the terms of his standard player's contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments. Rumors circulated about Bernard's mom, uh, but the Hawks came out and said the incident had nothing to do with any other players or their family members uh, or family members of players. Uh, so they tried to shut down the online rumor, but people love conspiracy theories. So they pretty much think the Hawks are covering up now and they ignored the explanation. That they right. gave. <laughs> the, the Hawks have zero credit after the, the yeah. Kyle beach and subsequent. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Uh, more more rumors suggest that it involved an employee of the Chicago Blackhawks uh, it was while they were in Columbus, apparently. Right. That, no, that, and, that, and that's a rumor, too. So, well, it, is it a rumor if Emily Kaplan of ESPN is coming out and reporting it? I mean, you know, stuff's been reported on before. But yes, that's the most credible, you know, uh, source we've had for any of this stuff so far. Um, I, a question for you guys. So we, we can talk about this and 
what we think about it. But uh, is the public entitled? Because I've had discussions with people the past couple of days about this. A lot of people think that they're entitled mm. to know what exactly happened with Corey Perry and why he was released and why they're terminating his contract. They think that it is the Chicago Blackhawks' duty to, they're entitled, the fans are entitled to have this information. And I, and I, and I did not, I kept asking, why do you, who are you? <laughs> why, why do you think you're entitled to this information? I get, I totally get being super curious and wanting to know. I'm super curious. I'd love to know, right? So we can talk about it. Um, but I'm not entitled to know this information. This is this could be a super private matter with a third party. You know, they who why would <laughs> who who's putting this out there? This is a private matter. It's not it doesn't have nothing to do with the team, uh, apparently, with you know, any players or players' wives or whatever, contrary to popular uh, uh rumor earlier, which was that Perry had slept with uh, Cotton Bernard's mom, <laughs> which well, is just like the funniest thing. There is uh okay, so there is something coming out tonight as of right now. Okay. Uh that might explain what happened. Okay. This comes from a um a trusted source of mine. Uh he is uh, I think they do a podcast now too. Puckin Hostel. Uh he's a Blackhawks uh kind of like us, just a, a Blackhawks kind of new media. Uh he says, quote, according to sources, an alcohol-fueled incident involving Perry was alleged to have occurred during an event that included corporate partners and team employees in attendance. So hmm. that is interesting. Um, so it, it'd, be, it'd be it would be more interesting to find out what exactly was said or done. But, but this this is this is like a if if that's true, this is like a carbon copy of what happened with Jim Montgomery. Right, it Dallas like. Stars. Dallas Stars head coach. He was, you know, there was rumors going around about, oh, he's he's being fired. But what's going on? And he had a drunken incident with, you know, whatever, an embarrassing thing. And he had a drinking problem. And he, it was it was amongst. I forgot the details of the story. Uh, embarrassed the team basically, and he was let go. And so this could be something similar with Corey Perry. And Maybe. the same thing happened with Montgomery. People wondering, oh, speculating this that. Now, granted, Connor Bernard's mom wasn't involved with that rumor. That, <laughs> that I want to know on. where that started. Like, who that, started that rumor? I mean, someone's sitting back in their living room thinking, man, I did that. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Good for oh, me. Holy hell. And Maybe and people, it was, uh, who knows? Maybe it was Connor Bernard's dad. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't even, it's so... It's so so strange how uh, all of social media too. They just jumped on board with it, and so in the past handful of years, it seems like conspiracy theories are like just like crack for people, and they they hear one and they latch on to it, and they for some reason they want it to be true so bad that they will just believe it and run with it and not believe anything to the contrary, even if it's yeah. proven or is wrong. Because the Blackhawks did come out and say that it, it you know, it is well, not it, an issue with the the any other players' families or anything, 
And people, well, that's uh, no, what, that's no, what I loved that's about that. it was the fact that the Blackhawks specifically, Kyle Davidson specifically came out and said, it does not involve any players yeah. or families. And he's like, and, and frankly, those rumors are disgusting or however he worded it. And people are still after that. Like, yeah. no, they're just covering it up. Yeah, I know. And they're like, those fucking Blackhawks, they're just covering it up. You know, what a shit show organization. And I'm like, okay, you know what? If you want to say they're a shit show organization for how they handle the Kyle Beach thing, absolutely. They fuckers for that, right? 100%. Absolutely. They, they deserved all. But, okay, for this specific incident, tell me what Chicago could have done differently after it was found out that, that this happened. Now, I don't know they're if they not- could have done. If they could have done something differently to prevent this, I don't know. Right. Maybe they could have prevented this somehow or whatever. That's 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 unknown. But after it happened, like the day after or was it two days after the Blackhawks released the statement, they said there's no this is not that rumor is like gross and it's not true. People are saying the Blackhawks could have done more. What could they have done? What they came out and they said it's not true without actually identifying the rumor. Right. They said it doesn't have to do with any family members uh, or players. That's that's it's, it's gross. Right. Well, uh, Bill, it's it's what like privacy law, right? Like it's something about they're, they they are not like it's like a right. a, a worker uh, uh, company. Yeah, HIPAA. No, yeah, HIPAA. No, it's it's uh, just that they can't release that information. Maybe right. no no company in unless you're TMZ maybe uh, is going you know like ev- everything is going to be you know personnel matters are internal matters and. You know, we we cannot share the details of that, right? I, I think every corporation has standard language uh, that that they put in communications that to say that, and and that is what it should be. But yeah. it doesn't doesn't you know you can't stop people from speculating, right? And I think there's sure. a certain percentage of the population that won't be satisfied until there's video evidence of. Corey Perry, you know, shagging Connor Bedard's mom <laughs> in the yeah. locker room in Wait, between is it, periods. Is that on Pornhub? <laughs> it, it will I would be watch now. that. It, oh, it I will be see now. It. Anybody who thinks uh, they're entitled mm-hmm. to know what happened and they're demanding the Blackhawks reveal exactly what happened, you're an asshole. You're a dick. Because this, you are not, who are you? These, these randos on online, people that, they're, who are they? They're not, they don't, they're not involved in the situation at all. You know, it's not like it's, it's kind of about his dad. It's like, what's going on? I want to know. Well, he would, he would be, you know, involved. And he'd be like, oh, I, he, he would deserve to know exactly what, you know, maybe, I don't know. But, right. but uh, at least in terms of, you know, uh, his son's uh, mom. But I don't understand the sense of entitlement that people have that they they're demanding to know what's going on. Like you, and I had an argument with a guy. I was like, he was like, no, they should review. They should, after their past indiscretions, they should reveal what happened here. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that's the exact, that would be a, that would just be more, uh, that would be the Blackhawks being a shit show organization again, revealing private information to the public that, that shouldn't be put out by them. You know, now yeah. if if Corey Perry wants to release a statement, that's fine. That's on him. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, maybe unless he's like outing a third party in an embarrassing way, then it's got to be like, you know what I mean? That's a dick move on his part. I don't know. So if they were if, if they were a shitty organization, what they would have done is whatever Corey Perry did. If they swept that under the rug, then that's when it's like, okay, 
you're a shit organization still because you're continuing to allow no. people and players and coaches to do whatever the fuck they want without public retribution. Like from, that, right. it would be the issue. Right. From from a PR perspective, the Blackhawks handled this as perfectly as you can. Thank you. Right. Agree. You get rid you. of the problem employee and you say that it was, you know, substantiated misconduct, which right. I, I hate the fact that I have to use work terminology. <laughs> and, and, you, and you and you squelch the rumor. Right. You, right. you squelch the rumor and you show that you took can decisive action on a problem employee right and and that they they needed to do that the details nobody is entitled to except the victim right and the victim's privacy should be protected here if you know every we're all having fun with this whole idea that you know that he banged connor bedard's mom right <laughs> just 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 because it's so so absurd yeah, yeah. right it's in and it's like holy shit you know this is like the the biggest conspiracy theory ever it would but, be the story of the century right. for hockey fans absolutely I, I, you know, I've, I have laughed my ass off at some of these things and I, and I'll, I will share my, my favorite thing that I saw on the internet about this whole thing was a comment that said, so Corey Perry wanting to be a stepdad is considered misconduct by the <laughs> NHL. <laughs> well, so yeah. That, and, that right there, you, you are my favorite person ever. And some people were saying that, you know, of course they're assuming the rumor is true. And they're like, well, it's between two consenting adults. What's the problem? <laughs> and I'm like, like, back up. Okay, first of all, you know, as soon as this rumor came out, I'm like, well, that's not true. That can't be true. I mean, I mean, if it is true, holy hell. Because I, I told you guys, I'm like, I kind of the 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 guy who just wants just chaos mm-hmm. and just feel just like I, I like give me chaos. I'd love to like talk about because it, it would give us a lot to talk about in the show. As if we don't have enough already. But I would love to talk about this on the show. I was like, oh my God, Corey Perry banged Cotterbar's mom. But, you know, I, I said, oh, please let it be true. So we can just talk about it because, you know, being an outsider, you know, whatever. Well, but, uh, but, I, I, but deep down, I'm like, that's not fucking true. Come on. Well, and, and yeah, and I'll say, like, in my same way, I'm like, man, I hope this is true, but I know <laughs> it's not. Like, right. that was how my mindset was. And I'll say, uh, oh God, I think he's a TSN um, legal analyst. I want to say his name's Eric Macromella. Does that sound? Does that sound like somebody? I've, I've seen that name out there. Yeah. So um, he's like a legal guy, and he gets into like all the CBA stuff. And he basically said, because somebody said, like, could this be counted as misconduct that would lead to the Blackhawks being able to terminate his contract? And he said, no. As long as it was consenting, then. It no, they would not be able to terminate his contract. So even if he did, let's just say him and Connor Bedard's mom had a, got a little too drinky, drinky, and and had a fun <laughs> night. That the Blackhawks could not turn around legally and say you're gone, Corey Perry, because you banged one of your players, one of your fellow players' moms. They can't do that. They would actually and, be able to sue the Blackhawks. The PA would sue the Blackhawks over that. No, that's not necessarily true because if he, if he violated team policies, if the team was structured enough to have a policy that says you couldn't bang you, your teammates, right, mom, who's going to write that into a policy? You can't have any kind of 
you know, non-professional relationship with any other team members person, unless you are previously married family members, right? You know, you're not going to exclude, you know, trading for a brother on a team, but you know, if it's, if it's banned by a policy, they would have leeway to, to terminate the person. And, and that's, you... that's, that's the thing, right? Think of this in terms of, of, of a just normal work, right? This is, we, we witnessed somebody get fired from their job for being a dick and everybody knows Corey Perry's a dick. He's been a dick his entire career. He got fired for being a dick. And I think that's the part that I'm, I'm like, great. I love it. Um, For those of you watching the YouTube video or the Facebook video, uh, you are in for a treat because you have seen some of these great comments coming from our friends, Ken Morris and Matt Harris, uh, claiming all these things Corey Perry did. Uh, I will say my comment of the show uh, goes to Matt Harris again. Uh, I just know that due to the Corey Perry situation, the Ottawa Senators should lose a first round pick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> there was a response uh, on Twitter. I said that, you know, people are entitled to know Jack squat about this, uh, you know, general fans. And uh, one of the responses was uh, yes, 100% in today's world, we need an explanation, especially after the cover up. He didn't get arrested. If it was a drug issue, they have the program for that. So what could it be that resulted in his contract getting terminated? It's fishy. I mean, uh, you can. So many things. It can be so many things. Yeah. I mean, he goes, the rumor, if not true, is disgusting and feel bad for the Connor, for Connor and his family. But the Hawks put themselves in this situation. So, yes, they need to explain. The Hawks didn't put themselves in any situation. What did the Hawks do wrong here? And they didn't they, do anything wrong. As I, much I, as I hate to admit that, the Hawks have handled people, this like like Bill people, said as well yeah, as they possibly could. People are lumping this in with the Kyle Beach mm. thing, and it's like, no, you can't say because they mishandled Kyle right. Beach, they right. have to like disclose all the private information from this. No, no, every so the the Hawks, Rocky Wirtz is dead. Right, he was kind of the last link to it. Stan Bowman's not part of the organization. Joel Quenville's not part of the organization. You know, none of none of the you know the, the brass is still around from them. So they they have moved on. They are a younger, more progressive organization. And you know, as much as I hate the Hawks because I'm a St. Louis Blues fan, right? They did handle this very well. It's just people, just people being nosy. And they mm-hmm. think that yep. the sense of entitlement with people sometimes is unbelievably ridiculous. Like you're not entitled to shit with this. The, the, the information of this, you know, I mean, if they want to, if, if Corey Perry wants to come out and release a statement or whatever, that's, that's on him. Uh, but you, you as a fan, uh, you have to wonder if a private his matter, lawyer, not entitled to jack shit with this. His lawyer as agent might've told him like, don't say shit. Like, mm-hmm. don't say we need to get you back on another team. Let's just see if we can just bury this. And I, well, I, don't, so I don't think we'll see him say anything about this unless he enters some kind of if it is what I said that we saw on Twitter, um, some kind of alcohol issue. Maybe he puts himself in that alcohol abuse program. Maybe then he'll say something. But other than that, I don't see him saying a word. I can see him saying something, uh, whether or how detailed he gets. I don't know, but I, I bet you he says something soon. 
As, if, as a if, if, he, if he says anything, it's I was drunk. I embarrassed my family. I apologize for that. Right. right. It'll be something like that. The Blackhawks will never say anything, and they don't have to because no, that's they don't. the thing that I think people um, people just don't understand is is the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks. They are a business. It's the same thing if you do something stupid at a Christmas party for your job and you get drunk and you, let's say, you bang the copy girl, I don't know, on company property and they fire you. That'd be like that company posting on Twitter, we just fired employee X because he banged our copy girl. Like, you can't do that. So it's the same thing here. They're not, they have no legal precedence to come out and tell the fans what happened. I mean that it sounds so reasonable to say it, but and but no, but there's a ton of people that demanding to know what it is. It's like I, whatever, I don't. Even. Anyway, uh, the Red Wings did sign uh, Patrick Kane to a one-year deal, two point seven five million. What do you think? Prorated, he'll earn uh, just over two million this season because uh, the season is already underway, and he is not. He's skating, but he's not playing yet. Uh, they say he might actually be ready by the next game. Okay. Because uh, they played, somebody was saying it'd be funny if he played tonight because they played the Rangers. And uh, like, oh, imagine that tribute video the Rangers are going to give him. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, you know, it's Vladimir funny. Tarasenko would have to drop the ceremonial first puck. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, uh, it's funny because like, you know, the Blues, I, I need to, uh, quick math, I can't do it. But the Blues, uh, five former Blues. On the Red Wings right now, uh, Robbie Fabry, Jake Wallman, um, uh, Billy Huso, David Perron, and Clem Costin all on the Red Wings right now. And now we're looking at Alex Dabrinkit, former Blackhawk, and Patrick Kane, former Blackhawk. They're just taking all the Central Division players and putting them back on the Red Wings. Um, so it is weird to see like this conglomerate of Blues and Blackhawks players all on the same roster. Oh, by the way, on a team that both teams hate. So yeah. uh, I don't like it. I don't like seeing Patrick Kane. Just get the fuck out of the league. I'm tired of seeing your face. I, I don't understand why he went to Detroit. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. I, why not? Because they're not going to not gonna contend for a cup this year. Serious? No. You're a good team. No. We're not going to connect. No, no, they, they, they could, they could be a surprise team in the playoffs. I think, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, you know, going to New York last year, um, you know, after playing his entire career in Chicago, he's like, I want to play in a hockey market, not a big market. And I I think it makes sense from that perspective for him to go there. I Um, mean, and, and Detroit, you know, Detroit just, you know, it, it's it, it's a team that can benefit from them. They they are so young. Apart from your your David Perron, I and... no. Okay, I get why Detroit would want him, but I don't understand why. I fully understand why Kane would would go to Detroit. I mean, they're, they're right. Okay, right now, you know, they're in the first wild card spot in the East. The Blues are in the first wild card spot in the West right now. Similar positions. So, would you say the Blues have a good shot at the Cup this year? I no, mean, no, I, I, I think mean, it's a different. Know. I think it's a much different situation. Mm. Well, I can see the Red Wings wanting him there for various reasons. You know, good player, younger. You know, with the team, right? But I, I see I why Kane wants to go to Detroit. 
I, but why, I, I why, think he can be tra- he's got a full no trade clause, so he can basically pick where he wants to go at the deadline if Emmett wants him. He's gonna yeah. stay in Detroit. I I think the I think the key is he's 35. So I think I he's think either so. gonna say there's two ways he can go here. What? If 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 the if the Red Wings are out of the playoffs come the trade deadline, you think he's gonna stay in Detroit? No, no, no. I'm saying if they're still in the playoff picture, he will stay in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I think they right. will be. Oh. I think they'll at least be battling for a spot. Right. Okay. But um, but my point is, I mean, they're not a legit cup contender this season. But listen, well, here's what I think. Why does I he think have to go to a cup contender? He's, he does, he's done all that. I, I'm just saying he can, he can do whatever he wants, but I'm just saying it's kind of surprising me. I think typically players older it, in the, later in their career, they would go to a team that has a legit shot at a cup. I think the way he looks cup. at it is, one, that – um. Only a few teams are interested because only a two, few teams could could pay him the money he wants. Two point seven two. <laughs> yeah, it's not a whole lot. It's a dead cat. It's a dead cap era right now. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you can wait. Not a lot of teams it, have that. If you wanted, on. if you wanted Patrick, and you can make it work. It's not that. Yeah, it's not a ton of money. The Red but, Wings were the ones that were willing to make it okay. work, so it worked. Look, so I think I'm, that what what they're doing is, I think for him, he's looking at it as this is a good upstart team. And I can inflate my numbers a bit with this team. And maybe next summer I get a two or three year deal, either playing with Detroit or playing with somebody else. And maybe it's a contender. Maybe it's not. I think at this point, he's just thinking, I want to play out my career. I'm not done yet. I'm coming back and I'm going to play with Detroit, a good upstart team. And I'm going to have some good numbers with them. I think that's what it is for him. And and I'm glad he didn't go the, the emotional rah-rah. I'm going home to Buffalo. Right. right. I think this is not the right point in the career for that. I I, yeah. I think if he does that, it's got to be, you know, his second last year. I think he retires as a hawk just because I mean, look what he did. Oh, he'll at least he'll at least sign like a one day contract. Right. But I, I could see him like three, four years down the road. I could see him saying, yeah, I'll play a season. I'll, I'll finish out my career with Connor Bedard as my center. I. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I well, would not. It would not surprise Bedard's me whatsoever. Not Vancouver. Would not surprise <laughs> me whatsoever if Kane is traded at the deadline. He's thirty-five years old. How many years? Yeah, has he got it left? could happen. How many years? It has depends he got on left? again. It depends on Detroit. If Detroit is, you know, ten points out of a playoff spot, definitely yes. I think he gets well, moved. I think if they're if a not playoff team, I mean, same thing. I I think I think if they're in a battle for a playoff spot, they hold on to them and they see what they can do. Mm. They, they're uh, Steve Eiserman's goal this year and Derek they, Lalonde. They, their goal is though. to get into the playoffs. They okay. have to get into the playoffs, right? But they could lose him for nothing too. He's an asset. They could get, a, but they a, a have good pick Steve Eiserman is gone if mm. he doesn't make the playoffs this year. Right. Mm. Oh, his goal is we have to make the this, playoffs. This Patrick is his Kane, right. He this is his make fifth year. Right. This is yep. This is like the the milestone year. For if he, well, well, I mean, if you it was the uh, Grindline podcast, the uh, Detroit Red Wings podcast, uh, it's funny how they they there's people online saying that you know want to fire Eisenman, and uh, I see them constantly coming to Eisenman's defense. Not sure if they're Eisenman fanboys or what, but you know they they follow the Red Wings a lot closer than I do. So you know, I I don't know, I don't I, I don't I don't I don't see Eisenman getting fired uh, this season if he doesn't make the playoffs. Oh, I do. I don't. No, I think I, I think I, don't. I, think I think ownership it, expects him to make playoffs this year. I don't. No, I, mean, I, they, I think I, they do too, but I think he gets the extra runway because he's Steve fucking Eiserman yeah, I, in Detroit. Yeah. I think so too. People said that last year that he's getting an extra year because he's Steve Eiserman. We'll see. 
Uh, the NHL uh, is bringing back the player draft for the 2024 NHL All-Star Game. Uh, did you guys like the draft last time they did it? They had it, did it for, what, a couple of years, two, three years? I think the first two years don't I care. enjoyed it. After that, I did not give a shit. I mean, don't I, care. I don't know. I, they can do whatever they want in the All-Star Game. I don't really – it doesn't bother me. I mean, I – whatever. I, I uh, It's fine. Just, you know, I, I did like the tournament style. I did like that the 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 short games, mm-hmm. the three on three stuff. I liked that. That was, I dug that. My my favorite All Star game of all time uh, was what ninety three when uh, it was at MSG, and it was just like that was the first year of nobody gives a shit defense, but everybody tried as hard as they could to score as many goals as they could there wasn't passing it was just shooting and yeah you know, i it no matter what they do um to to try to make it spicy the players generally don't want to be there it's a corporate sponsor event i just don't care we got it here in st louis i didn't go to the game i you know i got to enjoy the festivities uh you know at union station i just don't i i don't I can't see a situation where the NHL can make me give a shit about the all-star game. Yeah, I'll say I, I watched the skills competition when it was here and I watched the, um, you know, I went to like you, I went to the union station thing, the day of the all-star game, I had it on, but I really couldn't even mm-hmm. tell you what happened. I did yeah. not pay attention at all. Like I, He's, I think I was doing work on my laptop. It was just, you know, the game was on in the background. The skills competition in the past few years has gotten nice. stupid. Yeah. It well, has gotten beyond stupid. The, I know you're going to, I know you're going to read, but I, what, what's, uh, what's here. They're making changes to sound good, but I will say, Apparently, what they're doing is they're merging for the All-Star game. They're merging what we've seen recently with the three-on-three and what we saw with the player draft. So, I guess they're going to have four captains, and then they're going to have celebrity captain partners, which sounds stupid as hell to me. But you know that's what they want. They want to get the star power in there. I'm not not against doing something different is fine. I'll see how it, you know, we'll see how it pans out, but... If it flops, don't go back to it again. The, yeah. the skills well, they, competition they'll, again. They'll try it for at least four or five years. The skills competition right. was just so painful to watch. With these stupid, you know, we're shooting at surfboards. Now we're shooting at playing cards the size of a house. You know, it's like, come right. on. It's well, and they didn't really, even do that well. That was terrible. It was well done. It was terrible. They they jumped the shark after the <laughs> that the first year with the dress-up shootout competition right yeah. when you know when patrick kane pulled out the the superman cape and uh ovechkin oh wait who was who who did the blind thing that was fun right but after that it's like okay this this you can't replicate this it was good you know the first time just stop it yeah it's just so i mean the goalies aren't trying to make the saves really it's just kind of stupid oh, they, it's all they tell them theater. not to yeah, they well, flat uh, out told they tell no, no. bullies don't try to make the save. I know, but they're just they're just they're just going through the motions, letting pucks in, and I'm Stupid. like, why? Come on, I I don't know. Put a shooter tutor up there or something. <laughs> it's just so weird. I don't know. Yeah, um, I uh, no, I I um the the what do they even call it? The shootout challenge or whatever the 
where they do the stuff Bill was just talking about. I've never, ever, ever, ever liked that. I didn't like any of it. I thought this is so gimmicky and stupid. Let's get to actual. Yes, there's some little bit of hockey skills involved in that. Let's get to some actual hockey skills. That uh, the one they did that was like a relay. Uh, the one where Petrangelo went like four for four on passing. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. That's the yeah. kind of shit they the need to do. Yeah, you got to shoot actual over. skills. Yeah, you got to like saucer over uh, a barricade and then into a net uh, like three right. or four times. What, yeah, like a that was cool. Tiny net too. Yes, right. Yeah, like, I like that. That shit was awesome. It's yes. like do more of that. Yeah, way more of that. I, I and you know apparently they're gonna do that. You know, closer to hockey skilled things, hockey skills rather than the the crap the the dunk tank and all that stupid shit. They've been trying, so that's uh, hopefully that's the case. And bring back, you know, I, and you know, the la- what last year they left the rink completely to go outside and do something, and it was just like, they, uh, yeah, they, the last um, two years. Well, yeah. they they did because um, last year was Florida, right? And yep. and so they did the they went to Doral for the uh, yeah. the seventeenth uh, the seventeenth green, and and I, I thought that was fun, but it was pre recorded. Right. And, yeah. and that's like, just be, you know, just do that and then air it. Don't act like it's part of what's ongoing. And well, I and I heard that. that like the experience in the arena was crazy too, because like they would announce like, Oh, we're going to do this next, you know, sit in your seats and stay tight. And then, and then it would like flash to something on the screen for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and people in the arena are like, what the fuck? I'm sitting in my seat watching the the feed on the scoreboard like i I came here i bought a ticket i want to watch shit on the ice like yeah it's just oh it's been poor the last couple of years yeah they're they're just searching for something to stick and it's not gonna happen i just think if you stick to actual skills like slap like the fact that like in their minds the slap shot the the accuracy the speed skating like all that stuff is like secondary to this other shit they're implementing. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff people want to see. Like yep. the only shit. stuff I remember, like remember fondly are like, oh, remember when Bronick went four for four? And mm-hmm. oh, remember when McKinnis beat Bronick? Bork was the guy. Bork. Oh, it was Bork. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Bronick you know, did it, when McKinnis Bork beat, was first. Yeah. Or even like, remember when Zdeno Chara, to use a not blue, you know, 108? Like, Jesus, that's the shit I remember. I don't give a shit about the rest of this stuff. Right. Ally Afraidy, right? He yeah. was, oh, he yeah. was the guy. Missing like. 3.4. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looked he looked like the, uh, the, the terrorist guy in True Lies. And oh, God. Yeah, the skullet. Yeah, the skullet. And yeah, do that. Do that for an hour. I would rather see everybody just try to shoot it as hard as they can for an hour. Well, here's then have to suffer through some of this gimmick. And this this might get too expensive for the NHL to do. But like, here's my thought on this. And I've said this, I think, on the show before for hardest shot, get the eight hardest shooters in the NHL, not just the all stars. Get the eight hardest shooters out there. For fastest skater, get the fastest eight skaters in the NHL. For accuracy, get them like make it a whole right. league event. And right. that I think is how you can make this way more exciting. 
And I think that's where they were trying to go with it when they were doing every team does your local skills competition and whoever wins that goes to the all-star game. They did that, what, one or two years in the 90s. Go back to that. That's fun. Oh, dude, but, I, I went to the Blues first one they did. I think it was like 99 or 2000. So right. That was incredible. We had so much fun at that. Yeah, I thought for sure Scott Pellerin was going to get fastest skater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, or, or just, you know, take the top, have every team do their own and take the top six guys or eight guys, whatever, and just take them. Yep. You know, one from your team. Well, they've got the enough. analytics now. Like, just go by, like, oh, yeah. hey, the most well, consistently fast skater has been these top eight guys. Let's take yeah. them to the all-star game. Yeah, but typically guys aren't. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I get you. And that, that would be interesting. Yeah, actually, yes. Take the analytics from the games themselves. Hardest shots, uh, fastest skaters. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Right. Yeah, Nick Letty remember- would be there. Yeah. What's that? Nick Letty would be there as, as, as he's, he's clocked some of the top speeds for the blues at at least as of what, two weeks ago, the last time I I heard. I remember years ago, somebody saying that uh, Curtis Foster had the hardest shot in the NHL, but we'll never know because the NHL will never actually clock his shot. And it's like, bring that guy to the all-star game. Just let him be an extra shooter. Why not? And that's the kind of stuff we'd love to see. Right, they they broke his femur, so that we wouldn't ever get that opportunity. <laughs> Probably the most horrific in-game injury that I can remember nah, in the last twenty years. Yep, uh, you know, apart from people, of course, getting their throat slashed. But right. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else, guys? We're gonna wrap it up here. I think that'll do it. Uh, what a great show this was. <laughs> 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 you want me to do closing or you want to get it? Oh, I got you. I got gotcha. you. All, right. all right. All right. Uh, first of all, uh, just want to say hello to our friend Kyle Beaver over on Facebook. Uh, old high school friend of mine jumping into the show. So, uh, good to see you, Kyle. Thanks for tuning in. He lives in Colorado, but he's still a blues fan. So, uh, good man. Good man. We love you for that. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockin'thatidlife.com for more information. That's rockin'thatidlife.com and get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockin'thatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage Realty. Email him at mike at strikewithmike.com or call him at 314-753-4060 today for all of your home buying and selling needs. That's mike at strikewithmike.com and 314-753-4060. That will wrap up Episode 8 of Season 13 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you for Bill Day and Kurt Price, as well as the off to Dallas producer, Austin. I'm Jeff Ponder, and this was Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go Chucky Sideburns. Turn on this Washington-LA game. Dude's played a hell of a game. Ah, he's great. Love him. 
you are entitled to Jack Squat. Let's go, Blues. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. <laughs> St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. Rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.